Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What up, everybody? It is 10 a.m. in the District of Columbia. Points north, south, east, and west. You're listening to B-Bitch and Finley. Good morning, Brian. How do you do? I'm good, brother. What's happening with you? Uh, not much, dude. Um... Good day yesterday. Got to go out to Ashburn, meet some coaches. You got to say hello to old friends, new friends. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to get into all that. Certainly a vibe with a lot of these guys, but a lot of these guys are also just getting to know each other. Talking to Anthony Lynn was, was really pretty telling when he's like, man, I've been here about four hours. Like, I, <laughs> I, got, some, I got some tape to watch. Um, I think yeah. anybody that thinks they've got their mind made up as far as what they're about to do. Nah. It, they They're don't. just getting into it. They're just getting started. And uh, you can see where uh, during that uh, strum, as you would call it, <laughs> um, Jason was gone quick. He said, man, I got a call from my, my uh, D- D.C. I had to go talk. So they still trying to put stuff together right. while trying to handle their 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 business. Yeah. <laughs> you know, doing things that they need to do, talking to the media and all. But still, they they, they are still trying to put everything together, move forward and get this thing right. But I think everyone has excitement about the things to come. Totally. So that's a good thing. Um, As far as excitement about things to come, yesterday we opened the program talking about Mike Sellers, who played for the Skins at various times, played with UB, came back later in his career and played. Um, Certainly, you know, kind of his most famous times in Washington were the Joe Gibbs teams where he made a Pro Bowl. Um, I mean – how many times do you remember Portis holding on to the back of his jersey as, <laughs> as Sellers looked to just crush people going down the field? Um, Mike's had a, a really tough run of health. Um, he's, he's had heart procedures, has heart problems. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talked about this yesterday, uh, at, at that point we we put this out there. I, I believe there was a, a little less than $20,000 raised th- thus far. Um, 24 hours later... They're up over eighty thousand yeah. um, dollars, trying to get to ten a hundred thousand. Um, but obviously, you know what I find so cool and, and so remarkable is you've got a lot of people 
Like, I, I, there's a ton of anonymous twenty twenty five dollar donations. Mm-hmm. Like, like a dude. I don't know this person at all. I'm just looking at the list. Aaron Foreman gave fifteen bucks, mm-hmm. and I think Aaron, that is awesome because you gave what you could, yeah. right? I mean, um, I don't care what the value is. It could be two dollars, three dollars, totally. seven dollars. I saw. Uh, Get what you can. And I don't care if you can't. And yeah, that, if that's you okay. Can't, like I said, prayers, they take prayers as well. Like, But di- the ultimate thing is if you can help, help. If you can't, then you do something else. 100%. You know, that's the whole thing about it. No one is telling you what you have to do. Right. And like you said, you didn't want to go into some of the – I can imagine what some of the comments could have been. So I stay away from We've it. We've ignored all that. You know, I just I just think that, you know, there are some dumbass people in the world, and when your time comes, you, you'll get yours. This happens. Right. So I, I don't worry about that. But what I love is looking at this. Lloyd Goodwin gave five bucks, and that is appreciated. Yeah. Juan Perez gave a thousand. And and then you start looking. Uh, Sheila Gutierrez gave fifty dollars. Uh, Coach Joe, Joe Gibbs In got time. on this yesterday and gave ten grand. Yeah. Um, it, it's not about who does what, it's about what you can do and what you're comfortable yeah. with. And and I just think everybody And that a lot is, of people don't want their names, then they just put the money sure. in. Yeah. Moving. Yeah. Um I, I think it is admirable, and hopefully, you know that that helps the seller's family, whatever it is they're trying to do. Yeah. Um. And and they have our support. Um. I I just uh, the it's on our Facebook pages. It's on social media. Um. Our guy Lou DePetro did a really nice job, kind of putting a blog together yesterday. I don't know if you saw that, Brian. Um. On the one hundred six seven the fan mm-hmm. pay, fan website. Um. So. If, if you're interested in helping out the seller's family, the information is out there. Um, I I also wanted to shout out the Georgetown Hoyas, and uh, who certainly didn't win. Let's mm-hmm. not get but crazy. They, they covered. They covered. <laughs> um, I, I don't know why. I'm, I got like five different people last night, like friends of mine, texting me like, yo, loved the Georgetown call. Thanks for the sweat. Um, I don't know that that was an easy cover, but they covered. Um, and that's all that matters. And here's all I can – I'm just going to remind everybody. The, the Step two of, of the Georgetown two-step is you got to take DePaul on Saturday. And I know that that's going to be ugly. And Bees is going to call me and be like, yo, DePaul's 0-14 in the conference. We can't bet on them. Yes, you can. This is the two-step. <laughs> Jeff, give me an early line on Georgetown-DePaul for Saturday. Um, I also had an announcement for Landfill. Brian is, is being very healthy these days, but Landini, I brought in a bag of Utz salt and vinegar chips. Thought you might approve of that. Um, That's good work. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Do you care more about the Utz or the Georgetown pick? Uh, the Utz. I, they don't have a, a line right now. Is it not out yet? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, listen, I'm, I'm telling you all what to do. DePaul's terrible. Take them on Saturday. Um <laughs> DePaul last night, I think, lost by like They're awful. Take them. I think they lost by like 40 last night. Dang. Um, dude, they lost to Marquette last night, 105 to 71. Bad, bad. It's not good, bro. No. It's not good. Um, you know, this is – I'm not trying to take any shots at DePaul. I know one person that's gone to DePaul, Matt Paris, who is now covering the Saints down in New Orleans. Generally, even in like a high school level, what do you think your leading scorer for a basketball team should be roughly averaging? The leading scorer on the team. At least 15. Yeah. 15 to 17 points. 15, 17 yeah. points, right? DePaul's leading scorer 
It's not single digit, is it? Is a fella named Chico Carter Jr. He's a guard. He's averaging 11 and a half points per game. Wow. <laughs> They're awful. Take them on Saturday. <laughs> They're 3 and 23. I, I mean, at what point do you not wait, just. Wait. 3 like, and 23? 3 and 23. And yep. who are they playing Saturday? Georgetown. Oh, okay. So you th- where, where? Chicago. Oh, okay then. Yeah, yeah. You probably won't take the home team there. I, I mean, th- that's going to be their Super Bowl. They're going to look at that as like. I mean, my man Chico Carter might go for 40. I have never heard of Chico Carter until. Three minutes ago, um, I'm trying. to What are they averaging as a team? I, I mean, if their leading scorer is averaging 11, mm-hmm. like what are they average? It can't be very good, Brian. Are they averaging 50 points a game? Can team, be. Team stats are averaging 64 points per game, 410th in college sports. Wow! And they're and they're they're giving up 82. <laughs> Yikes! Um, they, it, they, wait, they averaging how many? They're averaging sixty four, and they averaged give up eighty two. Well, that means they, they they are averaging a loss. Yeah, <laughs> so they get that's, that's how you get to three and twenty three. Exactly. I mean, I, not to drag us down here, but if you look at the old four and thirteen Washington Commanders last year, they averaged a loss. Yeah, like it, the math. We can talk about analytics and. All, all sorts of stuff, but sometimes the basic math will tell you the story. Totally. Um, Washington was 32nd in points allowed and 25th in points scored. You, you add those two up, it, it's pretty easy to see how it's going to shake out. Um, v, I, I, uh, I, I want to talk about yesterday and both being out there and talking to the guys, and you do – like, for me, anyway, I had my, my boy Brooks Merriweather with me. We're doing some TV stuff. We're going to try to run the interviews here. I'm having a little trouble with the formatting, Landini, or otherwise I would have sent you a bunch of stuff already. Um, but there, there, there's kind of – oh, before we get to the NFL stuff, I forgot that. I, I saw that last night. George Mason had yeah, a big win. I saw. Over Dayton. And Dayton's a good team. I think Dayton's top Dayton's 20. Dayton's a good team, but they were at George Mason, and Mason came out to play. Dude. They, they protect that house. Yeah. The uh, the Eagle Bank Arena was popping, I bet. Yep. Um, Made me lose. Did you take Dayton? Yes. In picks? Well, I, I never would have taken that, Jeff. Ever. Uh, I mean, right, Jeff? No way. You would have. Yeah, no, crazy. No way. You definitely would have. So here's the other thing that makes that a little bit interesting. So Dayton loses last night to Mason. Mason is now 18 and 8, 7 and 6 in the A10. Mm-hmm. Is Mason inside the beltway? Do we count them inside the beltway? Uh no, it's not inside the beltway, JP. But it's close enough. Like they're like an actual DC team. They are outside the beltway, though. But it's a DC team, but I'm saying they're not inside the beltway. Oh, right, but like I don't put Mason and UVA in the same category. No, I don't do that, but I'm saying they're not inside the beltway. Like, you could ask that question. They're in the DMV. Yeah. Um, Mason might be your best DMV team. Mm. Right? Could be. Did Maryland play Mason this year? I don't know. I also think they have a first-year coach. I think it's the dude Tony Skin. Remember he punched that guy in the nuts in the NCAA tournament? Um. (laughs) That's a big win for them. I don't know. Hey, man, you're not supposed to play below the waist. 
No, in I'm any saying, sport. Don't, don't play below the waist. Or maybe, Keep are there any sports where you're encouraged to play below the waist? Tonsil hockey? Um, I think Mason is maybe, I, Dan Steinberg, if you're listening and you refuse to write anymore, please bring back your, do you remember he had this like local college hoops ranking? It was like the DMV 11 or something. It'd be fun. Bring it back. Maybe, Jeff, would you like to take that on as a project? Rank all the local. Uh, Jeff only talking about bald head dudes. Jeff is Jeff is going big time in the bald head game. Jeff, do you want to take on a college sports project? Not at all. I didn't think so. Um, Denton might want to do that. He should be bald headed. I don't know why he's trying to hold on. I was talking about the college sports thing, not the bald <laughs> thing. He should be with Jeff. Denton is a young man. They need to let it go already. <laughs> let it go, bro. Yeah, go. It, you're not winning the battle. <laughs> At um, <laughs> so we will keep our eyes on the eight ten. All right, now we will get to yesterday. Um, a lot of new guys. One thing that is very apparent, mm-hmm. like think of it off the top of my head. It, I would guess, at least fifty percent, and maybe more of the new staff played. In the NFL. I think for sure six. Uh, Simmons, Kerrigan, Tap, Lynn, uh, Norton. Witt. Oh, Witt. I forgot. Witt. Izzo. I didn't even see. Witt, Izzo. You go over to Bobby also. Bro, I Ingram. mean, just go to. so That's eight. They got eight of them. Quinn did not. Mm-hmm. All right. Quinn did not. Kingsbury did. It's kind of a cup of coffee, but he was in the league. He was drafted. It's nine. Kingsbury, Witt. Izzo, Blau, ten, Ingram. I don't. I, some of these dudes, I'd probably need to do a little bit of a deeper dive on. Mm-hmm. Um, about ten of them. But the thing about it, though, <laughs> they've been in. A, they played in the league, but a lot of those dudes got experience as coaches too. Yeah, they didn't just stop playing yesterday. You know what I mean? So they come in as a former player with experience as a coach. And a lot of them have been around for a while doing a lot of stuff. What did you think of? Lynn's a lot bigger than I thought he was. Yo, Lynn's a big dude. He's a lot bigger than I thought he was. What is he listed at? Because he, his size, he was bigger than I expected. And Ken Norton was a little smaller than I expected. Ken was bigger than that when he played. Though. I'm sure, but yeah. he I mean, Lynn. Well, no, I'm sure because most guys don't leave and lose. Most guys true. leave and gain. Anthony Lynn is listed 6'3, 230. Yeah. He looked it. But I'm saying when you watch him on TV, you think he's around six feet or less. But dude's a big dude. The tight ends coach I was talking to for a while, David Rye, he's a unit, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, like he was sitting down and then he stood up to do the interview. Yeah, just and going. I was like, damn. Basketball player. Well, it's also kind of remarkable if you go, if you look at last year's staff compared to this year. Now, obviously, Ron, Jack, EB all played mm-hmm. and played for a while, but like outside of that, it was kind of Kerrigan. Yeah, but I you would I think when you look at when you look at Ron and Jack, you say okay, they played a long time ago. I understand, but these guys, some of them are more recent than others for sure. But hell, you think about it, Ken. Ken's been out the game longer than thirty years. Well, 20-plus years, not 30. Because Ken retired, like, 2000, 
2000, something like that? Yeah. I, so I mean, same as Lynn. 20-some years. Lynn's been out since 99. Um, Jason Simmons played more recently. Yep. Um, I really like. I helped Jason up with uh, John yesterday. Leahy? Yep. Nice. He said, man, I need a place to stay. I said, I got somebody you can well, talk so to. So that's the thing is everybody that wants, like, immediate questions, immediate answers from these guys, a lot of these dudes have a family and wives and kids that they're trying to figure out where they're going to go to school. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's some real life stuff in transitions. Think about just regular people. Like, if you are an accountant and you're switching jobs and you're going from accounting firm A to accounting firm B, mm-hmm. and your office goes from Rockville to Vienna, and you're yeah. – Think about where you're going to be driving. Right. Like, <laughs> that is regular life. And yes. on, what is Rockville to Vienna? 11 miles? 11 eight, miles eight might miles. take you two hours, depending on time of the day you're going. But, dude, Anthony Lynn was telling us, he's like, man, I just lost the Super Bowl. I had to get on a plane. I think he had to take care of some personal stuff. Had to get to Ashburn. Like, all these guys are probably, I don't know this, but they're, you know that Embassy Suites behind the Shell Station? Like, yeah. a lot of these dudes are probably staying there right now. They're Lit- probably putting them in a better spot right now. Well, it's the closest one in the facility. Yeah. Wherever. There's probably a Ritz and Reston or something. Wherever they are. The Ritz and Tysons. Who knows? But, like, these dudes are living out of a suitcase in a hotel, trying to grind and probably watch 10, 10 hours of film a day of the current players before they get to Indy next week. Mm-hmm. Like, when I, I did a, uh, a radio hit this morning for Mad Dog Radio. And they're like, uh, you know, what are the commanders thinking at the number two pick, or do they want to sign a veteran quarterback? And I think when they people ask you that, it's pretty obvious that they, they don't know yet. Now, they don't know, but the, the, the person asked you that question got a thought. Uh, one of their friends that they have faith in has told them, oh, man, they're going to sign so-and-so. That's why they asked you that question. That may be the case. Let's get into some of the specifics we learned from meeting, talking to the commander's new assistant coaches yesterday. Brian and I were both there in the bubble in Ashburn. We'll break it down for you next on B. Mitchell Finley. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. Bet the NBA with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel every Thursday with TNT Thursdays. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. You'll, bet, you'll, you'll get bonus bets back. If your same game parlay doesn't win on any NBA on TNT game, NBA same game parlays are a perfect way to combine your bets for a chance to score a bigger payday. Well, as I said yesterday, the league is back. It had a lot of people off. Some people got a little rusty. Some people played a little more than others. But the Washington Wizards are going to the Oklahoma City Thunder, and I think the, the they don't have a point spread for them. But I'm going to tell you I'm taking the Wiz because I know it's going to be a lot and I think that they will cover because those guys have been sitting there resting, waiting to get a chance to get back on the court. However you want to play, just head to FanDuel.com slash Brian to bet the NBA with a no-sweat same-game parlay with TNT Thursdays. That's FanDuel.com slash Brian. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. FanDuel is supposed to be the official partner of 106.7 The Fan. You have to be 21 years old or president of Virginia. Minimum three-leg parlay required. Refund issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet, which expires seven days after receipt. Max refund is $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You can text it to me if you need to. Oh, Landfill's just turning it off. He's had enough. Um, I'm almost positive that's the lyric. Yeah, why is that? A, I don't even know what that means. Um, anyway, uh, you kind of forget how good Eminem was. Jeff was just dropping bars in there, enjoying that thing. Um, he's been so long since he's dominant. What did he make a song about Ben Johnson or something, Jeff? I kind of missed that during the the coaching search. Like he threatened. I think. I think. I think Eminem threatened Ben Johnson with a diss track if he was to leave the Lions. Do you think that's why he texted Josh Harris and said, yo, I don't want to interview with you? Uh, nah. Tend to agree. Because um, if you do that, then all of a sudden he got you by the yin-yang then. I, yeah. I, <laughs> you like to think that that was not the factor. Yeah, you you would love to think that. Um. We talked to a bunch of people. We're working on audio and stuff. The files I have are kind of corrupted. Um, but, Brian, one conversation I had, and I think you and I were both there for this, was talking with one of the new coaches. And I'm not going to say who, because they, they weren't trying to take shots at how the operation was run previously. But they said, and Joe Witt kind of said this on the record at his press conference, um, and Joe Witt wasn't even there yesterday, Mm -hmm. but they said, like, man, you know, we don't want to discount scheme and strategy because that stuff is super important. Mm -hmm. But, like, running a, a, a deep cross, running deep crossers, is like a known, established offensive identity. Yeah, people do it all. Uh, multiple offenses do it. Right. Like, most of these dudes, most of the NFL is running a variation of Bill Walsh's offense from 45 years ago mm-hmm. or Mike Shanahan's offense from 35 years and ago. And the good ones have connected those two. And, and dude, you evolve and things change, all that, right? But, like, ain't that much new. Mm-hmm. And, and basically what this assistant coach was telling me yesterday is we know our scheme. We know where we've got to beat people. We know where we've got to grind and, and set something up in the first quarter that we then go the opposite way yeah. in the third. But a lot of this is about leading and doing little things the right way. Mm-hmm. And this dude started telling me about <clears throat> how important it is that everybody hits the sled the same way going through drills. Same way, same time. Because most, okay, when you start going through the NFL, for the most part, all the teams have the same level of talent, okay? This team may have a guy who's a little better than that guy that plays the same position on the other team, but somewhere else, you have a guy on your team that's better than the guy on that other team. But what happens is, Whoever makes the least amount of mistakes and whoever don't fumble the ball, they end up winning the game. And it, it, it normally comes down to that. So if you practice everything right, if you learn to do everything a certain way at a certain speed consistently, you will make less mistakes in a team that seems to want to take off a lot, seem to want to give everybody. Everybody's a damn veteran on some teams. Everybody gets day off. 
But when you play against a team where their veterans are always in there and they don't make the mistakes, they normally beat you. Because the game of football, everybody can play it at, at, this, at this level, at the, at the NFL level. Everybody can play it. But normally when you go and you look at it, it's who made the most mistakes and turned the ball over that loses the football game. 100%. And I think if you can just play smart and locked in, it, it, it just changes so much. Yeah. And I think they got, for whatever reason, that just wasn't the case anymore. Mm-hmm. And last year was obviously they, they bottomed out. But when you I, would listen to me talk last year. I always went back to discipline. Okay. You know why? Because I didn't see it. And we can people could sit up there and say we worked our tails off. We had a great day of practice. All I need to do is watch you play the game. And if I see a guy running wide ass open, you did not have a great day of practice, a great week of practice. When I see guys running wide ass open four or five times in a game, the same route sometimes, you damn sure didn't have a good practice, which tell me you didn't have, tells me you didn't have very much discipline going on. And when people see that, they like to, this is, society goes, oh, man, that guy blew an assignment. You know what I say? That coach blew a damn assignment. If it happened twice, they didn't get it right all week, did they? I have heard over and over and over again from various members of this staff, not just, listen, like, Dan Quinn is a polished dude. Mm-hmm. He's been a head coach for four seasons, five seasons. He's done a Super Bowl media day. Like, he is used to talking to the media. Uh, Anthony Lynn, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. These guys have been head coaches. They know what they're doing. Joe Witt, he's been a he, – he he's told us that he's been ready to be a coordinator for almost a decade. Like, mm-hmm. when he spoke, he was ready. A lot of these dudes last night, these are position coaches that don't do this very often. And they're not – they're not apprehensive about it, but it's it, like if, if I had to go and scheme some stuff up and, and draw on the whiteboard for them, I, I know what I'm talking about, but I'd be pretty damn nervous to do it, mm-hmm. right? Like, and, and so last night I thought you got some authentic moments, and almost to a man you heard, we got to meet these players where they're at. We got to find ways to make it make sense for them. Mm-hmm. And that to me does feel like a departure, and whether it's, Fair or not to Jack Del Rio, he, he came across with a sense of arrogance. This is what this is what my supreme scheme confidence. Is. Anyway, what, you know what? I think that little thing I sent you is something that fans would get something out of. Yeah, with Mike Tomlin talking about coaching, and I think a lot of times where we sit here. And we hear coach speak and we hear coaches and a lot of times we hear media guys who don't want to piss off a coach so they go along with the narrative that the players fought all the time. But what Mike Tomlin discussed is what I think most, what, what the great coaches do and what coaches need to learn how to do. Stop blaming that player if he didn't get it and blame yourself because you did not really find a way to get to him. And, and ultimately, when we go through this, when this season Starts off and things like that. A comparison is going to be: Are guys in the wrong spot? Are guys not? Are they blowing assignments? You know, all those different things like that will be something great because I 
I sat in a room when I first got here with Don Bro, and I, I've told you many of stories about Don. Sure. And Don would make sure you knew before you were on that damn field. And I'm like, Coach, you know, I got it, man. He said, you sure? I'm like, why? He said, man, because if you go out there and you make a mistake, that's that's they're going to look at me. So this is where a whole group of coaches, in a sense, had the mindset that if you failed, I failed you. That's not how most coaches are today. Most coaches can't wait to see point fingers at the other guy. Oh, I, I showed him, and he messed up. Well, if you showed him and you didn't hold him to it every play, then he messes up. I mean, I, I would almost say that's how kind of like society is. Like, it, very rarely do people look internally to the answers for what the problem is, right? You look for a fix or you look for somebody else to blame. And and I think, I think Ron, I almost wonder if late in Ron's, I mean, dude, when he gave that presser, and granted he knew it was going to be probably his last week of coaching in Washington, and he said, you know what, I got too far away from coaching, and I was managing, and I, I was too removed. I, I think there's probably some 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 reality, like some some real truth to that. And it's the kind of thing you never, unfortunately, you might not realize in the moment mm-hmm. that, oh, man, I'm not connecting with these guys. Mm-hmm. But eventually the results show you. 4-13 and 13 shows you. Something yeah. wasn't connecting. I, I just. Being I, down 27-3 to 3 at halftime to the Bears shows you. It shows you a lot. I, I always go back to the situation of I would, I've done it since I was a kid. I always ask the extra question. I always ask questions when I already knew the answer. Because you know what? I wanted to make sure you knew the answer. And I know a lot of teachers thought I was a little ass. Coaches thought I was a, definitely an ass. Because I would say, you sure that answer's right? Explain that to me again. And there were coaches along the way, college, even in the NFL, to where they never got past me asking them a second question. It was a problem to them that I act like I can't believe he asking me a question. And a lot of times I did catch that they were giving us the wrong information. I did it with teachers as well. But there are also coaches who thanked me for asking it because it made them rethink themselves and they were able to give it to us a different way. And those are coaches that I look back at and I go, you know what? I remember that dude made me better. The other ones didn't do a damn thing for me because they obviously were just they were in a position of, I'm coach, you student, you listen. Instead of, you're a professional, and you do this every day. I didn't even play your position, but I'm coaching it to you. Maybe I should learn something from you too. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's where you got to get to the point where the, these players and coaches got to understand, yes, you're the coach, but I'm a professional athlete sure. in my position, and you didn't even play my position. I think that's why there's going to be significant turnover yes. for this staff, um, for this team. Um, and I, I don't know – I don't mean to keep banging one drum, but when it was finally getting to the end of the Bruce Allen era and, and everybody wanted to take shots and, and make it a personal thing, you just had to point out the record. Mm-hmm. Like nothing else is relevant in a game that's about wins and losses. And I think at this stage, with everything that w- happened last year, four and thirteen is my answer. 
Mm-hmm. So, who do you need to bring back? How, how do you how do you cobble it all together? If you if you start from scratch, you start from scratch. And I think some of the folks I appreciated talking to yesterday just seem to have a different approach that they don't have the answers, but they're all going to work together to figure it out mm-hmm. rather than kind of this mindset of, yeah, I know exactly what to do. You guys just have to follow me. Nah. Um, and, and I think, I think sincerity in all fashions is the way to understanding and kind of coming together. Mm-hmm. Like if someone could tell that you're, telling your truth, whatever that may be, I think they respond to that significantly better than oh yeah, bravado, whether it's false or real. Mm-hmm. And I think these dudes, above all else, seem sincere. John Kime joins us at 11. Next, you'll hear from Mike Tomlin, the clip B. Mitch is talking about. Don't go anywhere. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Coming up at 12.30, Landfill. Shoot. I knocked over a cup. 12.30, we're giving away Neil Young tickets. I asked Jeff what he's got on Neil Young. Not much. Not much. <laughs> but, Jeff, I bet you've heard Keep On Rockin' in the free world. That is, we're going to play that song later. It'll be a pop quiz for Jeff if he has heard Keep On Rockin' in the free world. Um, lot to discuss today. Uh, 12.30, Tony Jetter's going to join us. Talking about some fights going on this weekend at Maryland Live. 1.30, we got Peter Rosenberg. 1 o'clock, of course, is Bleep You Thursday. Coming up in about 10 minutes, John Kime joins the program. Landini, um, B sent me this as a Instagram reel the other day, and, and I reacted to it. He and I were just, like, texting about it, and, and Brian just mentioned it. Um, I believe this is via Ryan Clark's podcast. Um yeah, it was Ryan and uh, what's the? I, I don't know who the other I dude is. His, his, uh, he played in, uh, with the Dolphins. I forget his light name. skin dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is Mike Tomlin talking about coaching in the NFL. I love to hear coaches 
resist the responsibility of coaching. What'd you just say, coach? I love coaches <laughs> that resist the responsibility of coaches that talk negatively about a dude that can't learn and blah, blah. Man, if everybody could learn, we need less coaches. Yeah, that's real. right. If, if the group didn't need management, then we wouldn't make as much. Yep. Mm. I love reading draft evals and, and, and somebody's talking about anything other than pedigree talking about how poor somebody's hand usage is. Well, that's coaching. Right. Mm. I don't run away from coaching. I run to coaching. Love it. It all is in line with that not seeking comfort. Because when you're a coach that's talking about somebody can't learn, you're seeking comfort because your teaching is struggling. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I absolutely love that. When I heard it, I said, you know what? Let me send this to Jay. <laughs> because Coaches understand you are here to take to to pull out of me what I have in me. Not you're not here just for me to show up and already be a finished product. Because if I'm a finished product, guess what? I don't need your ass. You don't talk to me then. And then you should be able to go tell him I didn't help him at all. But if you were able to extract some of the stuff that I have in me, you got the right to brag about it. But how many coaches you know that brag about somebody that's already damn good? But the guy that came in and wasn't there yet, they made excuses as to why he couldn't get there because they weren't willing to put in the work. So I'm, I, I, I love, love hearing that from Mike Tomlin on top of it. I, I agree, dude. I, I think development has to be a focus here. I mean, if you think about Let's everybody go around the room. Name the commander's best players, Landfill. Name one. Terry McLaurin. Okay. Third round pick, came out the gates hot, has been good since he arrived in the NFL. Jeff. Tressway. Tressway has been here a while, has been here through a number of regimes, but he's good. He's stayed good. Brian? John Allen. John Allen's a first rounder. I'll add Deron Payne to the list. Mm -hmm. Like, even a dude like Cam Curl. Yeah. Who was really good. He kind of showed up and was good. Yeah. There hasn't been development and of some Payne and Allen are first rounders. And there's this expectation that they're good and they've been good. But there's other first rounders that haven't been good. And they haven't necessarily improved. I, I, Jamin improved significantly from year one to year two, but largely because year one was pretty bad and they were trying to play him in the wrong position. Year two and year three, he's just been kind of, mm -hmm. whatever you think he is, a six and a half, seven out of ten, he's just kind of been that. Uh, Jahan Dotson went backwards in year two. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the stuff that can't be happening. Cosby improved. He probably should have been playing guard, but they tried to force him to play tackle because that's what they drafted him to be. Like, they're... They got rid of Sunberg because he didn't get along great with the old trainer. They traded up for a long snapper who actually got worse. Yeah. And, dude, apparently, if you believe everything, he changed his technique and got worse. <laughs> if I'm the coach, you know what that conversation's like? Go back to the old freaking technique. What? As soon as y'all said he changed his uh, technique, what did I say on air? 
Go back to your old technique. Why? And why the hell change if you were doing good? Some of this isn't that complicated, and we've been led to believe by the 800-page playbooks of the universe that it is super complicated. Some of it is about helping young men get better and perform better on the football field. That is it. And I don't know. They might go 4-13 again and blow the whole thing up again. They might draft Joe Alt at number two. They won't be. They, I may wake up tomorrow be, uh, and turn green, but they won't be uh, doing it again. I just I think assume. there's whether or not it works. I can't tell you, but it does see, look, feel different. John Kime joins us next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And we pray and we pray and we pray and we pray. All right, if you're wondering why we're playing Bone Thugs Crossroads. It would be funny as hell if John came on here just spitting well, that... I- <laughs> I've decided that is John Kimes' walk-up music. If John music. came out here spitting those lyrics right there, you'd be like, what the hell? John, <laughs> Johnny, you got to love Bone. It, it, I think that is the most famous Cleveland musician of all time, or musical act. Yes, there, well, yes, but B-Mitch would have gotten me. I would have shocked B-Mitch if I had been able to do it. I would have shocked myself. You would have shocked everybody. Yes. <laughs> So, next next like, week, Johnny. I, I like the music. I like the music, but like when I'm growing up there, I'm like Springsteen was an adopted son of Cleveland because he got a big start there. So like that was that was my lane. I hey, I love Bruce too, but I also love Bone. Um, oh, listen, I I do too. Like I will say this too. Like the older I've gotten, the more I like their music. I would say that. Well, dude, I mean, I love hip hop in all fashions except the new yeah. mumble rap nonsense. But um. Bone is like more of like there's a lot going on musically there yeah. that well, isn't necessarily explored. Agreed. And here's the other thing that's been great about the evolution of music or your exposure to it. Because back in the day, it was like you listened to a radio station and you you know they I mean, play one you know, little, one yeah genre. like what, right. And so now like we have XM radio and the number the amount of music you're exposed to is phenomenal. So like my iPod is all over the place because you're exposed to music that you wouldn't have that I wouldn't have been exposed to that was there when I was growing up, but like you, you know, you weren't the ability to find it sometimes was tougher. So yeah. I just like that aspect. So it like, you know, I mean, it's like I said, mine's all over the place because a good song is a good song. Yeah, totally agree. Um, and let's transition that to what is a good staff. Um, <laughs> a good staff with our, is a good staff. We're talking with our friend, John Kime here, commanders insider for ESPN. Uh, you can follow him at John underscore Kime, K-E-I-M. Check out his podcast, YouTube page, the John Kime Report. Um, we have now met and spoke to Adam Peters, Dan Quinn, Joe Witt, Cliff Kingsbury, and now all of the assistant coaches, the position coaches. Uh, yesterday, it, it's a day I always enjoy when you get to talk to the guys a little further down the ladder because um, you get to have some good, fun conversations what did you make of the group before we kind of dig into some specifics? 
Well, first of all, my highlight was being there when B. Mitch and Ken Norton Jr. basically reconnected, and it was at a much slower pace than it would have been however many years ago. So it was, but it was, a, it was a, but it was that was pretty cool. Um, what you, what I made of it is there's a definite. Well, first of all, anytime there's a new staff, you're always going to get that um, freshness to it, right? Breath of fresh air, whatever I say. But I just feel like there's a pretty strong, positive vibe going on out there. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's just – I think it's from the organization itself and guys feeling like something different is going on here or could take place here. Because you still have – like, we're only talking – what is it, February 22nd? Right. Kind of a long way to go to deem if this is a success or not. But I think right now, I think because of – the change of ownership and because of some of the other changes, like there's a different feeling overall. And I think Dan Quinn brings a lot of energy. And I think that staff seems to reflect that. Um, there are a lot of guys who have, who are coming from different systems. I think that's going to be, be interesting to see how that all evolves. Um, but yeah, I think there's, and I don't know about you, but like, I feel like there's just a, there's a different vibe. Yeah. It seems like, and also I think, you know, normally when, when, when new staffs come in, they talk about how they're going to hold players and stuff accountable. Right. This staff seems like they're going to hold themselves accountable. Ah, uh, good and point. And that right there, that, that, that's an eye-opener to me because normally I, you don't see that. That's a great point. And I think that's something – that's one thing that Joe Witt stressed in his press conference when he talked about, like, his job is to find a way to help somebody learn, right? And I think that is a big deal. So – you know, I know like Anthony Lynn back in the day was with the staff. And I think this is one of the reasons that caught their attention with him is that he was with the staff where they're like, you know, was told this running back couldn't learn and couldn't do this. Went out and hired a learning specialist for the guy and helped him get it. Right. Mm-hmm. So like this staff seems like at least some of those guys really seem to understand that aspect of it. And I also think, I also think a lot of it too starts with identifying who is a guy that you can work with because you can't just take everybody and make them into something. That's just not going to happen. But if you identify the right people, you're going to hit more than you miss. And if you want, like my thing is always too. And like there are players here in the past who they weren't considered quote unquote tough in college. And I always put quote unquote, because like you're playing football, you got a level of toughness, right? Especially at that level. But, you know, B. Mitch knows is a separator between in the NFL between guys who be that way, and B. Mitch was one of them, obviously. So, like, if you don't, if you you can't take a guy in college who wasn't that way, and then get him in the NFL and want him to be that way, do you know what I mean like draft guys that you feel like fit what you want to do, and then you can work with them? And so, I think that's the thing I'm curious to see. I feel like that's going to happen, but we have to see because we don't know yet. Yeah. Um, but that I think that goes to the coach's accountability because when they're giving you guys that you like, hey, these guys fit. This is who you wanted. Your job is now to reach them. So I agree with you, B. Mitch. Yeah. Um, I agree with you too. Uh, we're talking with our friend John Kime here on the BetQL guest line. So, I mean, I think oddly, Ron definitely ran a different organization than Bruce and Jay before him. Um, Bruce and Jay ran that thing like a frat house. Ron gave it a level of seriousness and, you, you know what I mean? Like, treated it like yes. uh, uh, there was – they weren't wheeling hand carts of Coors Light into the building anymore. You know what I mean? Like, there, there were things yes, that – I do. There were things that changed, 
But yeah. honestly, a lot of the on-field production, for lack of a better word, stayed kind of the same, and they operated with this level of condescension and confidence that kind of bordered on arrogance at times. And I think what I have heard almost to a man from various parts of this the new staff is, I, I can't remember which coach said it to me yesterday, but talking about players, if they don't care, you know, they won't care what you know. If, if they don't know you care, they won't know, they won't yeah. care what you know. And it seems like there's a, a, a renewed commitment to getting into the players' brains and understanding who they are. Does that sound reasonable to you? It, it does, and I don't know that it. I don't know that it wasn't. I know for some it was a definite point of emphasis before, right? I do think that the staff they've assembled, whether it's by like, oh, this is what it was like in the past, or it just happens to be a byproduct of Dan Quinn and what he looks for. And it may be as much as that, but like they're very big on, you know, getting to know guys. And like you hear stories about Dan Quinn um, calling guys like after they've been traded to make sure that that they're okay, right? Like I mean, it's just there's a level, there's a different level of it that you can take. And I know, like shoot, when when Ron was in Carolina, that's one of the things that he was known for, and it was attracted here. But but is everybody doing that? I don't know. But it definitely it felt like a point of emphasis with a few coaches I talked to about building relationships, getting to know them. And is that just something you're saying now? Does that really happen? I think that's going to be the key, but I think some of these guys can certainly point to their career and say, yeah, it does. I mean, I think guys like Anthony Lynn and guys who've been around a while can point to that and say, this is what I've been. So it does feel like it's a point of emphasis, whether it was, you know, and I don't know that it's because they felt it was lacking before as much as it is. It's just going to be a big point of emphasis with this group in particular. Like, I think yeah, I, as a former player, when uh, a coach just yelled all the time but never, ever gave me any praise, right? you know, I had a problem with that coach. If yeah. a coach uh, never asked a question about anything other than football, I had a problem with yeah. them. Because yeah. I think what, what, just like we talk about players, if, a, if I'm next to a player, I want to know something about him to make me care more. Yes. And I hope he asks me the same. But when I had a, when I had a lot of coaches that all they wanted to discuss was football, and there were days they'll walk in and I can notice something is wrong, and I'll ask questions about, you good, man? And then they'll tell you about their family, but they never ask you about yours. Those guys, they're lost. They don't, they don't get it. They're from a different school. And I think you have to have some, some uh, mindset to – Show the person that you care, just like with with kids. You know, I'm sure you met kids along the way, and you start asking questions about things. They can trust you now. They'll talk to you. Yeah, any relationship is, has to be a two-way street, and this is a relationship. This is not – and I think one of the words that you hear a lot about out there is collaborative, and it's and not just among the coaches, but coaches and players. I mean, if you don't have the players on your side, you're not going to win. And True. so, you know, and so one way you do that – it, it, it's just—it's a workplace, man. That is, this is an adult workplace, and yeah. if in any job you want to know your bosses care about you, you know, True. and so as more than just an employee, and so like I think that it, why would they be any different? And it's just well, they make all this money. Well, but it, you still like 
human nature is human nature. It does matter. And mm-hmm. I mean, the best teams, you know, this. like the best teams that I've been around um, or heard about is when guys care about the person next to them. And, and, and then, you know, and they feel like the, the coaches care about them as more than just a player. And it doesn't mean you have to be soft on them, but you're right. Like just yelling at a guy, it's not about yelling. It's also like, okay, when the guy does something right, how do you then react? Mm-hmm. And how are you trying to make them better? Because yelling is not the answer. It's, it's you know, if you can be a, 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 I don't know, how much did Joe Gibbs yell? Not much. <laughs> right. If exactly. he did, you knew he was serious. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would cut through you. Like, and I know, like, when Greg Bloss, if you, if you guys remember Greg Bloss when he was here, like, he didn't always yell. But when he did, he scared the heck out of people. Mm-hmm. Because he knew, like, but he was also, like, on your side, and you knew that. And you knew if he yelled, there's a reason for it. And so, I, you know, I think, I mean, but you can approach it, too. Like, again, it's not, if you're, if all you do is clap, 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 and you don't make them better, they're not going to like that either. They want to get better. Mm-hmm. They, you know, these guys do want to win, you know? And so how can you do that? Like, so to me, it's, you know, are you making them better? And what ways can you get them there? And if one of the ways is by developing the relationship and then being able to be honest with them, and and then you have something you can start building. Um, agree. And I feel like we are all kind of feeling a positive vibe, a fresh, oh, yeah. a fresh tone, whatever you yeah. want to say, coming from Ashburn. And, yeah. and some of that is just, you know, uh, whenever the new staff shows up, they they say different things and and sounds refreshing. Um, but I think a lot of winning games. Jimmys and Joes, not X's and O's. How much, how much talent do you think is on this team? And because Brian has, has pointed this out, like, can they be better than they were via the coaching change, or is this thing still? I mean, there's a reason they have seventy million dollars of cap space and all these picks is because they know they got to get better. Like, right. how, how do they go about doing it now? Well, so I think. They need more talent, and I think they know that. I mean, you know, keep in mind, like, Adam Peters coming from San Francisco, he knows what a championship roster looks like. Regardless if they won a Super Bowl in overtime, that's a championship roster. So you know what it looks like, and you can compare it. And, you know, you you look at the guys out there, and you look at the guys on this roster, there's a difference. And so they know that this roster needs some work. Can they get better right away? Yes. And I think defensively is a big way you can get better. And, you know, like if that's – I know Joe Witt is going to be the guy in defense, but it's the, it's the attitude and the philosophy that, that both Witt and Dan Quinn employ that I think can get you there. And part of that is making sure guys understand what they're doing and playing fast and playing to them. And so, you know, it would seem like with the defense last year that the, wor- the more they struggled, the more – they tried to put too much on top of that and it led to more struggles yeah. rather than kind of maybe peeling away some layers. And I think one of the things you'd hear from Witt and Dan Quinn is getting guys, to, everybody wants to, like, we all know that everybody, every coach is like, I want guys to play fast. Well, how do you get them there? Right. And I think when Chris Harris was here, one of the things I think he was good at as a defensive back coach is sometimes pushing back on some ideas to say, my guys are, can't do that. And so mm-hmm. you maybe take that away and it allows them to play faster. 
Like, if you can do that, I think that's going to be an improvement in this defense. I mean, that defense was, was really, really bad. Quite bad. And, and, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was it, – it, that may have been the worst I've seen in my time covering them because they were just that bad. Every, you know, and it was like you knew they were never going to get better um, even after the change. And even though they played somewhat better at times, they just weren't good enough and, <clears> and never were going to be. But So I think you can do that through – some of that, and I think, like, offensively, I mean, who's going to be the quarterback? That's what we don't know. How is that person going to look? That's hard to answer. But I think you can – what I really like with this offensive staff is you have a, a, a coaching a coordinator, Kingsbury, who clearly knows how to employ a pass game, but you have guys with different run games experience. Brian Johnson's coming from a system with, you know, that – is a really good running system, right? Different than what Anthony Lynn was a part of. Right. And different Bobby Johnson with the Giants two years ago, that was one of the better run games. Right? So you have that experience, I think, that can help enhance an offense. And if you don't throw the ball 70% of the time, then maybe you can have some more success on that side of the ball. Um, and, you know, so I, I do think you can have some success regardless of whatever – or improvement, I should say – and then let's see what they do at the roster, who they bring in in free agency, who they, who they draft, which quarterback is it, and how do they look throughout OTAs and training camp and all that. So that will, the, their level of improvement will depend a lot on that, but I do think the coaching can be a, a help right away. Hell yeah. I think yeah. you can develop better, you can coach better, that can help, yeah. but getting more and, talent helps too. And the, and the development part, I'm sorry to cut you oh, off. That. You're good. But the development part too is, that's one of the things Quinn talked about, you know, just – developing coaches and how do you do that and some of that like he talked about delegating more in dallas and giving his assistants maybe a little bit more responsibility to enhance what they can do like that that first of all that leads to more accountability because like hey i asked you to do this you didn't get it done or you got it done and now like now you're developing a coach right right like there's ways to do that but i think that that will work here but i, I think this is more built for the long haul and we don't know what they're going to do, right? We, nobody knows what ultimately is going to happen, but I think with the way they're building it, it has a better chance for long-term success than they've had in a while. And a lot of that goes back to ownership change and all that. Mm-hmm. Like you have an organization that can sustain something. If you do do this right, then you have a better chance to sustain it. Dan is out and you have a GM that gives you a better yeah. chance than you've had in 30 years. A thousand percent. <laughs> right. Um, thousand percent. Two quick things, John. When you <laughs> when you jumped back in and then said sorry for cutting me off, uh, Beamich and Landfill applauded that you cut me off. So <laughs> just just know that apparently I may cut people off and I'm not whatsoever uh, offended all the time if, John. if it happens to me. Um, two, I don't know that you have a dog in the fight. I believe Caleb goes one. They have to make a decision between Drake and Jaden at number two. It is too early to make an official prediction or anything. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Do you have a strong feel lean on either quarterback? And do you believe the organization does yet? I do not because, you know, I've been able to watch more of Jaden Daniels and I've watched some of Drake May. So I want to watch a lot more to see. Um, before I go there, like I have, I have things that I really like and things that I'm concerned about. You know, I mean, Jaden Daniels throws a really nice ball. Also scares the heck out of me with his when he gets with hit. the amount of hits he takes. Like you cannot gloss over that, right? Like that is a real 
thing, and it's not as simple as just slide. Like, that's a mindset thing. So can you get him out of that? Because if you can, I think the kid can be special. And then with Drake May, like, there's, like, there's a good pocket movement. You throw this. But then you see this inconsistency. And, you know, like, whether it's, you know, footwork or, or just accuracy, which is all related. So can he get out of that? Like, he's got the size. I'm not worried about him there, but I worry about this part. So, you know, and, and I don't think there's a – there's not going to be a perfect – quarterback fit because you look back on some of the guys who have hit you know josh allen patrick mahomes you know um watson before his injuries like there are things that that people were really concerned about lamar but about their games and they hit because you sometimes you get in the right spot for you and you hit and i think that's going to be a lot for these quarterbacks too is fit and who are they going to how are you developing them and so like the one of the things that again i go back to the development aspect with this place is Cliff Kingsbury told us last week that David Blaw is one of the brightest quarterbacks he's ever been around. Yeah. So he's going to be helping Tavita Pritchard develop these quarterbacks. And I think, you know, so like how do they do in that area and how does the offense fit a young quarterback? Well, Kingsbury and Brian Johnson both have experience with, with young quarterbacks. So is Anthony Lynn. So like that helps too. So is, so I think like whoever they take, I think, they're creating a good spot for them to enhance what they do because fit and where you go, like Justin Fields, when he went to Chicago, like I just thought this is the worst place for that kid to go. Well, dude, and, to that to that point, I was listening to RG3 do an interview last week or two weeks ago, and you can say a million things about Robert, but he said one thing that I thought was definitively correct, that they traded all those picks to get him, and then organizationally, whether it yeah. was Shanahan's fault, Snyder's fault, Jay's fault, whatever, Within three years, they basically were done. And a lot of it was injury-driven. I just think the the opportunity to have a full organization aligned on a rookie quarterback is a massive departure from everything we've seen for 20 years. Well, I think that's, that's, that's why I say, like, the best thing of this for, like, when the best thing I've seen this offseason is that Dan Quinn's pressure when you have Josh Harris, Adam Peters, Dan Quinn. Like, those are professional people in each spot, and it's, it's not, you know, an owner who thinks he knows football and is doing this. Like, it's not that anymore. And so that gives them a chance for success. But I agree, like, you know, again, we could go down a million roads with, with, with that whole era, and I don't feel like going down there. Sure. But having said that, the, the support, too, comes in with when Robert was here. They couldn't really improve the team, and part of that was that salary cap hit that penalty also hurt them because now it took away. You couldn't improve through the draft enough and you couldn't build through, you couldn't improve through free agency. So that's also part of it, which is why when people talk about trading up for Caleb Williams, you have to take that into account. San Francisco did that with Trey Lance because their roster was at a certain spot. And how good is that team that they could overcome that trade and make the Super Bowl a couple of years later? Right. Like, because their roster was at a certain spot. This roster is not there. Oh, no. So that's where, like, dude, would you really want to go trade multiple picks for Caleb Williams, as, as good as he might be, and then and then not then one? Like, are you going to improve around them? Well, that's a hard thing to look at, right? And I know, so, but that's where the organizational support also comes in. Who are you surrounding them with and, and in terms of developing and, and mindset and all that? And, you know, I <clears throat> 
one of the things I really like about like with Quinn and these guys, like there's a growth mindset and you know, you can, like I have books on my shelves about all that stuff. Right. And I think, I think that leads to an, uh, an evolving or evolution of your, of your own game, your personal game. And I think that also can help. Like, and I say that because these are different styles of quarterbacks. So can you evolve to fit whichever one you get best? And I think they, like, I think they both have enough strengths and similarities that you can like you can tweak a little. You don't have to go this extreme one way or another with either one of those guys, to but you can you can fit. Can you fit to their game? And if you have that mindset, I think you can do that. And so I think I think that's where that support also comes in. Growth versus fixed. I totally agree, Johnny. We got to right, Thank you, you, man. Thanks, guys. Hi, that's our friend John Kime. Give him a follow at John underscore Kime and check out the John Kime Report. Amazon's gonna pay how much? To stream a playoff game? Don't go anywhere. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Listen, tonight, you got the Phoenix Suns taking on the Dallas Mavericks, okay? Dallas is favored by one and a half at home. Phoenix has, is, is ahead by one game. I think I'll take the Phoenix Suns to upset them in Dallas. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Brian and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 1067 The Fan. You have to be 21 years old or president of Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So uh, there, there's been a story gesticulating out there in the in the sports universe over the last couple of days that I wanted to make sure we addressed at some point. Uh-huh. Um, the Nats do not win the World Series without Anthony Rendon. Not at all. He was fantastic that whole not playoff run. Um, I just, I get Nationally, when people react to Rendon talking about how baseball is not his number one priority, mm-hmm. but yo, we've heard this before. He told him here, like he's been pretty clear about but, this. But the thing about it, though, this is—I wonder though—he he has been good, and he said not his priority. If he was off when he said that, I would react to it. But I ask this question: What if he say he loved baseball, but he did nothing to make sure he can go play it well? Landfill, Which one is best? Play the play the Rendon clip. This has a, a lot of old baseball writers. Their tidy whities are, are really in a bunch. Is it still a top priority for you? Though? It's never been a top priority for me. This is a job, so I do this to make a living. Uh, my faith, my family come first before this job. So if those things come before it, I'm leaving. Is it a priority? Oh, it's a priority for sure. This is my job. I'm here, aren't I? Do you want to be here? I don't want to talk to you guys at <laughs> seven in the morning or whatever time it is. So, Did you, I mean, do you want? I mean, do you want to like be here playing baseball? I have answered coach? your question. So why do you keep picking at it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, he technically answered it. Thank you. <laughs> so, what he said right there, I I see absolutely nothing wrong with it. He said, basically, my family comes first, and I think almost everybody I've been around that's been successful in sports. They tell you that. Their family is first. And then they have that driving force to let them go out to this job. 
it is a job. It's a job that a lot of people have out there, but the ultimate thing is how does he play the game? Does he half step? So does, the, he, does he not work a lot? You know what I mean? The problem is since he got the big contract in L.A., it just hasn't looked very good. I, I mean, in Washington, in seven seasons, I think he hit almost 300. He hit 290. Mm-hmm. And in L.A., now four years, he's hitting just below 250. Okay. Like, th- I think that's the issue. I think he's missed, he's missed a, I think, at least 100 games in every year since he got to L.A., but, but him saying but, it's not a priority, I don't think it's a story. Still, people go through slumps. Uh, you 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 hit better when you got better people around you sometimes. So him saying it, uh, listen, I used to love to hear people say, I love this game of football. It's my life. Then I watch them, and I'm like, they line their ass off. But I think he puts a lot in it to be good at it. But is it a job, or is it something above a job? It's a, it's a job. Can we can we tell a secret to people? Let's tell a secret that you know and I know. There are professional athletes in every sport: basketball, hockey, mm-hmm. baseball, football. That don't love what they do. But they, they do love, it because they, they make a lot of they money. They love the lifestyle. They love what they get from it. They love the notoriety. But they don't love the actual game. You know, I don't expect everybody to have the same driving force. I absolutely love playing football. And there are plenty of people that do love the sport but they play. I love playing football, but you know what? The stuff that came from it was it was very nice, too. And I think a lot of that was pushing me sometimes as well. Sure. I, listen. <laughs> when, I can, when I can now walk into a store and buy my dream. I think a lot of people resent the money pro athletes make because they also played sports in high school or maybe college or maybe just middle school or whatever and did it because they loved it. And a lot of pro athletes love the sport they're playing. They live and die for it. But some of them are just so damn good at it that they're playing. They just do it. Yo, Jacoby Brissett loved basketball. And then I think his, I think he told me the story that his mom finally made him play football and he was really good at it. And realized, yo, this might be a career, so I'm going to pursue it. He's six what? Six four, six five. And he's a bigger guy, so he has to be like a center. He wouldn't have did well in the NBA, right? Like so he found something he could be good at—a quarterback that makes eight million to chill for the most part. Anthony Rendon was, if I recall correctly, and I'm—I don't want to act like I'm a beat reporter for the Nats or anything, but I've been in that clubhouse over the years. His reputation was fairly aloof that he. He wasn't really a media guy. Like, he wasn't one of the guys. I don't think Most this should be guys that big of a surprise. media guys, to be honest with you. And then the reporter's clearly trying to get at him. That reporter was trying to get a certain thing. He he didn't. He, he, he was trying to write a story exactly how he wanted to write it. I just, guys, not everybody it lives and dies with the pro sport they play. Now, has Rendon... He's missed at least 100 games in four straight years. But that I, don't have nothing to do with loving the game. If you're hurt, you're hurt. Or maybe you're not pushing through stuff like you used to. Like it could when be a little bit of both. When you're younger, you push through. When you're older, it's hard to push through. Your body tell you, now nah, you can't do this. Or your agent tell you, now nah, you can't do this. And you signed a seven-year, $245 million contract. Yep. And it's like, guaranteed. I absolutely loathe this phrase. Don't hate the player. Hate the game right there. Um, speaking of the game, 
You know what I did last night, B? What'd you do? Played some pretty damn good paddle. Uh. You know what's coming up this weekend? What? Me and my boy Will Korengold from Oarsman Automotive of Virginia, we're teaming up to take on the world in a paddle tournament. Mm, y'all going to win? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we're going to try. <laughs> um, but that's the kind of relationships we have with the Oarsman Automotive of Virginia people. I, I was hanging out with Will last night. I was like, oh, actually, B just got a new car for Billy. He's like, I know. Billy reached out. We love that he's uh, how much he loves the Kia Corgol was driving the Telluride. You're driving what? The EV9? EV9. Whatever. Electric, baby. Whatever car you're looking for, they've got you. Oarsman Automotive of Virginia. Seven locations all over Northern Virginia. Uh, Buick, Chevy, Chrysler, Dodge, Ford, GMC, Jeep, Kia, Lincoln, Ram, two Toyota stores. They got you whatever you're looking for. They'll sell it to you, they'll lease it to you, and they'll buy back your car. But above all else, they'll treat you like family, like they have Brian and I, and they'll give you the Oarsman Lifetime Edge. And that's, I think, the best thing they have. Yeah, they have great service. They have great customer service. They will go out there and make sure you get the best possible financing. But the Oarsman Lifetime Edge is the best thing that they have. They give you up to $1,500 in extras, including complimentary car washes with every scheduled maintenance. They give you loaner cars with every major maintenance. And they give you that lifetime engine guarantee. And as JP said a little bit earlier, you know what? If you go to Oarsman and you want to sell your car, they will pay you up to 125% of the Kelly Blue Book value. I got the most money from Oarsman than I would have gotten from anybody from my car when I traded it in. So take it from us, be Mr. Friendly, two extremely satisfied Oarsman customers, and let's ride together. Um, couple of quick replies I got via Twitter mm-hmm. um, to the Rendon thing. Oh, nice. My guy... Sports ball says everyone knows family comes first. If I went to my boss and said, this isn't my priority, I think I'd be in trouble. That's not what happened though. He, he said didn't, it he is didn't go priority. to his boss randomly and just say that he yeah. was, I mean, I, I, he was kind of badgered into saying that two ears and one mouth. Okay. The man said, yes, it is a priority is my job, but he's telling you his family comes first, which probably motivates him to do very well in a job that he know he can do. That he doesn't just think it's the end of the world. And most people, everybody out there, think about it. Do you love going to your job every day? Well, or do you love the, the the security it gives you? Landville, what did you just say to me in the break there? I said Anthony Rondone is like one of the millions of people that don't really love their job but do it for the money. Yeah. I mean. Facts. The dudes that, remember... What do you figure it is? Quarterly? Maybe it's once a month, once every two months. We randomly see the dudes on the ropes cleaning the windows of our office building. You think those dudes are in it because they love being on ropes, going to the 10th floor to clean office windows? (laughs) I imagine they get paid pretty well because that's a crazy-ass job. Ex-football players. Off-season when you got maxes and you got to run the the conditioning test, do you love your job at that moment? Be. I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Think about how a lot, there's a sector of fans that get mad after losses when guys do the jersey swap after, mm-hmm. or they'll they'll take a picture or post it to their like. I, I think this is it, really is what people do these days. I think this is really smart from Fat Poet. Um, Fat Poet says the problem with the statement Rendon made is fans want players to love the game the way we as fans love the game. Fans want players to watch games and live and die with every win or loss. But the question, I think he's right. Fans want that, but the guys don't necessarily have to feel the same way. But the question is, the player puts his body through hell to get there. 
So he loves it more than you think you love it. Okay? Are you going to work out with him? Are you getting yourself prepared to go play? You just go there and complain about things you probably can't do. So he's telling you, he he basically, to me, once I heard the thing, I thought it was a, it's a, it's a nothing. He said, my family comes first. And then the guy said, well, it's not a priority. He said, I did not say that. I said, yes, it's a priority. It's my job. So anybody out there, do you love football more than you do your family? Then you you got a damn problem. You need to go down the couch somewhere. Especially you're not even playing. Yeah, you're not playing. So you love that game more than anything in your life. That's a mental issue. Well, and then I, I'm going to take a stand here. I understand that Jonathan Papelbon responded to Rendon's comments. Listen, Papelbon, it seems like an interesting character for sure, um, was here. Like, I just don't know that Papelbon further amplifying this story is anything but, like, the sports media vortex recycling itself for new content. Mm -hmm. Because let's not forget that Papelbon choked out Bryce Harper in the dugout. Like, for Bryce not jogging out a, a fly ball or whatever it was, like, you need you need players to take their jobs seriously. Ideally, players love their jobs, but there is a a place where it probably goes beyond what it should be. Yeah. So my choice is not to further amplify and and just jet wash a, a relatively mundane comment from a guy, dude. If you want to grill Rendon about Hey man, what's up with the injuries? Do you think you could play through more of this? Or are you just you're not physically there? I, I think that it would be more interesting. Or dude, you've hit two thirty three for the last three seasons. Has your swing speed slowed down or whatever? Like those are are, are more relevant. Um, I I don't know. Here here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to get back to football. How does everybody feel about that, Jeff? You good with that? Yes. Jeff, do you love your job or do you do it for a paycheck? I love my job with all my heart. But I do it for a paycheck. So you do it for free? (laughs) But I do it for a paycheck. I was going to say, but I do it for a paycheck, too. (laughs) Um, Jeff loves his job so much, I'm pretty sure he was on air with Poet like 10 minutes ago while we were on air. I wasn't, see? I wasn't. You were in there. Yeah. Now, I was supposed to be on air, too. So you could kind of. And we was in the break. At that time. I thought I had to run to the restroom, and then things calmed down. So everything's cool. Um, If you remember yesterday. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah, everything's good. There was not a a L situation in the kitchen. We kept everything together. Um, Now, yesterday we ran through kind of the quarterback tiers in the NFL, right? Mm -hmm. The guys at the top and what they're – what their relationship status is with the team that employs them, right? Okay. Um, at the very top, the relationships are very strong. Kansas City and Mahomes, um, Josh Allen and the Bills, Lamar and the Ravens, Burrow and the Bengals, Herbert and the Chargers. Now, this is a Ringer article. They talked about love at first sight for Stroud and the Texans and Jordan Love and the Packers. But I got to tell you, some of the some of the headlines, some of the titles they gave quarterback relationships for lesser quarterbacks with lesser teams 
are really damn funny, and I want to go through them when we return. It's B. Mitchell Kimball. All right, B. Um, yesterday, we went through the relationship tiers of the quarterbacks and their teams, right? Yeah. This is a very ringer type of story. It's a very, like, pop culture-y, like, you know, relationship status kind of social media play on words type stuff. Mm-hmm. And we know the folks that are tight. I just told it to you. They call icons Mahomes and the Chiefs. They they call right guy, wrong time for Bills and Allen and Ravens and Lamar and Bengals and Burrow. The only thing I'd point out with all these guys, Chargers and Herbert, they're all still really young. Like, it's entirely possible they still break through and win a ring or two. Mm-hmm. Like, barring, I mean, Burrow's already had two major injuries, but the rest of these guys haven't really missed major time. Lamar's missed 12 games in the last three years, something like that. But mm-hmm. barring major injury, and if you if you set the total at .5 of Super Bowl rings for each Allen, Jackson, Burrow, Herbert, I'd probably take the over. Like, I, I think at least some of those guys will pop through eventually. I like Herbert now with Harbaugh there. Good coach. something happened with Pat. Yeah, but... I mean, those Brady missed a couple years. As good as Brady was, they went 10 years without winning a ring. You know, like things yeah. happen. They went 10 without winning them. But, but they, they were, still went. But they were in the Super Bowl two of those, two maybe three of those years. I, and all those <laughs> dudes are in the AFC. Yes. Right. I, I, I get it. Um, love at first sight, I think, is a perfect way to describe Stroud and the Texans. I think you got to be ecstatic if you're a Houston fan. Um, the Packers and Jordan Love. It's a little more interesting because you got to pay him sooner. So you need to see him follow up on last year, this year, and then get the checkbook out. But some of these I just thought were really, really funny. Um, How would you describe the relationship between Jags and Trevor Lawrence? Mm. Waiting. It's close. They said ring shopping. Yeah. Waiting. Um, Because, like, when when she wants that ring, she keeps wanting to go look at the at the jewelry, right? And yeah. so, I think <laughs> apparently somebody called him Trevor Lawrence, the Generation Z Sam Bradford, and Bradford got the huge contract. Ended up being a mistake. I think Lawrence looked really good the first year of Doug Peterson. I think that whole Jags operation took a year, kind of a step back this past year. Mm-hmm. His rookie season with Urban was just a disaster, but I think a lot of that was Urban. Um, Urban was a disaster. Yeah. So, I think, yes, Lawrence is now eligible for a extension, but I think you just pick up the fifth year and you're like, hey, we can't wait to talk about this. They well, will give him that extension. They probably will. Yeah. So, that's why they're ring shopping. This one's really funny. How would you describe the relationship between the Niners and Brock Purdy? Oh, let's see what, what, what word can I use for this one? You got marriage material. <laughs> I thought this one was funny. They call it so the Jags and Trevor Lawrence were ring shopping. Purdy and the Niners are promise ring shopping. Because they can't even give him an, an extension yet. I think it'd have to be after next season. He's had two years, right? Yeah. So it makes it so much easier to say how much you love him because you're not allowed to pay him yet. Two years, so he's been in one 
NFC Championship game and another Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, like, I mean, the Purdy situation for the Niners is the easiest thing in the world to tell you how much you love the kid. Yeah. Oh, you're the best ever. As soon as we get out of college and grad school, my parents yeah, yeah. say we can no, get no. married. This is the one where, listen, when you get 18, give me a call. <laughs> you know, so you're 19, but you, I can't date you right now. When you turn 18, call me. All right, who do, you, that is. who do you think they're describing? This is from The Ringer. Rough first year of marriage. Jeff, you can guess on this one if you want. <laughs> Sam Howe. No. No. That, that, I'll show you that one later. Rough first year of marriage. But if you get married, means that things were going pretty damn well. And then you had a rough first year of marriage. Well, I think it was going good for Bryce Young. Early until he got to which normally is, is, but this is just a relationship between the, in the pros. Okay, is it, Bama doesn't get to play. Um, Jalen. Yeah, they said rough what? first year of marriage for the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. He signed that massive extension. Uh, they just miss out on the Super Bowl. They start ten in one, and then everything fell apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, just went to in Philly. Yeah. And dude, have you read? I, I I don't remember who reported this, so I apologize. But Tischler was telling me this yesterday. There's a new report that came out that you you remember the Eagle story where their security guy got suspended, Big Dom. Yeah. That Big Dom was apparently vital in keeping Nick Sirianni's emotions under control on the sideline. And when Big Dom got suspended, I think it was Derek Gunn, now that I'm thinking about this, that actually reported this yesterday. Lanville, did you hear any of this? I saw the headline, and it reminded me how annoyed I was about that story because everybody pretended like they knew who this Big Dom guy was for about two days. We had never heard of him before, and hopefully, I pray that we'll never hear about him again. I, I, I I know Dom. Dom was there when I was there. Yeah, but you played for season, the team. Should your season hinge on Big Dom? You shouldn't hinge on that. That means something's wrong with your coach. Mentally. Here it is. This is from Gunner yesterday. Uh, Derek Gunn in Philly, who we know very well, and I, he doesn't put nonsense out. Uh, Gunner says, according to sources, Jalen's big contract pulled in numerous directions on and off the field, put him under a lot of pressure he didn't handle well. Big Dom suspended, controls Sirianni's emotions on the sideline, in his absence, Nick gets in numerous arguments with players and coaches during games. Listen, Hertz gets paid, becomes a huge star. I get that that's going to occupy more of his time. If Sirianni can't coach his team because Big Dom gets suspended, that's a joke. Or did they put Big Dom there because they knew he had that problem? I, I don't know. Good luck. Good luck in Philadelphia. Maybe don't hire a guy as your head coach who can't help himself but get in arguments with his players during games. Unless Big Dom's around. He's so out of control that he's just incensed and screaming at guys instead of coaching the team. Maybe don't hire that guy. Correct. Hire someone else. Correct. Um, Guess who's renewing their vows, Brian? Detroit. Bang, you're good at this game. The Lions <laughs> and Jared Goff, and they also said Dak and Dallas. Not that there's going to be another year of the deal, but um, like 
Dak and Dallas are putting it all back together. Hey, we're going to get it right this year. I still love you. That's what, the, that, that what they say about Dallas? Yeah. Now, this one, they nailed. I'm not even going to say it because you'll know it immediately. Jeff, how would you describe the Rams and Matt Stafford? Anybody get divorced? Nope, Jeff. No. Landy? I don't know. The separated trial separation. No, man. They're happy. I don't think they should be. The Rams and Matthew Stafford are in a happy second marriage. They they realize what went wrong in the first marriage. They they got a little older. You know, their kids all get along. They, they their finances are separated. They're not trying to dip into each other's college funds. They just got a happy second marriage. So they're a dumb married couple. Everybody's playing pickleball all the time. They're in good shape. That's a happy second marriage. So what what word did they use? Happy second marriage. Happy all right, I, I like this one. New year, new me describes the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. <laughs> they are, they're also using that for Indianapolis Colts and Anthony Richardson. I don't know how fair that is to that situation where a rookie got hurt, three, got hurt yeah. three games in or whatever. But Kyler, I you know, we all kind of cl- like clowned-ish at least the Jonathan Gannon hire in Arizona. And I know they didn't win a lot of games. That team played tough down the stretch. And Kyler, for all the various reporting that's been done about him, I thought he showed some real cojones, some real ganas down the stretch. Because, frankly, a lot of people didn't even think he'd come back after getting hurt so late in the 22 season. You know, a lot of people thought he'd be out for the year. He came back and was tough and gutted it out. And I don't think people expected that from him. I didn't, but I think all the talk prior to him getting hurt forced him back. Maybe got to him. Yeah. Kyler Murray looked like himself again after returning in the middle of last season from the torn ACL he suffered in late 22. He rejoined a Cardinals team that had worked on itself after a lot of personal drama. Former head coach Cliff Kingsbury got his one-way ticket to Thailand and was replaced by Jonathan Gannon. And longtime Cardinals GM Steve Kime was replaced by Pat's front office man, Monty Ossenfort. The franchise received the second-worst grade in last year's NFL Players Association survey. Does anybody remember who got first for extra credit? Commanders. Commanders, that's correct. Um, I don't know. I'll be interested to see how that goes in Arizona, particularly if they add a guy like... Marvin Harrison Jr. I really like this one. How would you describe the relationship between the Dolphins and Tua? I think he's the one. They wrote, he's a nice guy. That's like, that's the friend zone Jeff gets stuck in all the time. That's friend zone. Um, I I don't know, man. Tua, he's a nice guy. Do you love him? Well, he's a nice guy. Well, you know, Tyreek says he's better than Pat. Well, Tyreek's full of it. <laughs> it's just the truth. He doesn't mean that. You don't mean that. Um. So, I like this one. They said the Seahawks were so happy to be with Geno Smith after the whole Russell Wilson saga that they kind of just married the nice guy. Wasn't exactly <laughs> Mr. Right, but he was Mr. Not, not the last him. guy. And we're just going to... 
we're just going to get married and see how this goes. Because, damn it, the, the last guy's gone. I like Gino. I don't know. Rebound. That's the name of it. Rebound. This one is perfect. Landfill, who, what, what quarterback NFL team relationship does this describe? Married the nice guy and now panicking inside. Giants? Giants and Daniel Jones. <laughs> I mean, the Giants, this is what they that, That's funny right there. I that's, like these. That's good. The Giants broke up with Eli Manning and then started dating a younger man who looked just like him. But it turns out Jones is not their new soulmate. He's just tall. <laughs> that's good, dude. Um, this is a reference that I, I don't think you'll. Did you ever watch Arrested Development, B? Uh, maybe once. Basically, they're making fun of what the Saints are doing with Derek Carr. Because what they're doing with Derek Carr, dude, if I was the Saints, I would just tell him, I would just leave the house so you can have everything and go. If I was the Saints, I would call on Sam Howell. Like, yo, we know we got another year of Carr. He's getting paid. But I'm at least intrigued here. Because where do the Saints draft? Like, I don't think they're in position to really draft somebody. The Saints have the 14th overall pick. Maybe at 14, Penix or or Bo Nix or J.J. McCarthy's in play. Has Sam Howell done enough for the Saints to be able to say to their fans, we're bringing this guy here who went 4-13 and last year? I'm not saying you bring him in to be the guy. I'm oh. saying you bring him in because Derek Carr's got $30 million guaranteed this year. And we got to stick it out with Derek damn Carr, but we'd like to look at our options down the road. Oh, okay. I'm not saying as a starter, but oh. yo, what if it's like, what if Derek, what if Sam can learn for a year? Something like that. I, I, I don't know how you think Derek Carr is the answer. You've got to pay him a ton. Maybe you're looking. I never thought he was the answer. Right. Maybe you're looking to draft somebody at 14. If you, if you were the Saints and you get Penix at 14 and you know he's going to sit for a year behind Carr, maybe you don't hate that. But whatever they've got, it ain't the answer. Jeff, this is pretty good, and I'm going to come directly to you on this one. What quarterback team relationship would you say is best represented by catching feelings after a one-night stand? Thinking hard. Um, I'm going to say... the Bucks, the Bucks and Baker, Bucks and Baker. It's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> it's perfect. The Bucks and Baker Mayfield started as a one night stand to fulfill some basic needs. The Bucks needed a cheap quarterback after Tom Brady, and Baker needed a job. But it's the morning after now, and they're both surprised about their chemistry together. That was fun. Now they're canceling their Saturday plans, door dashing some bagel sandwiches, and sitting in bed all day watching Netflix together. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, the Tennessee Titans described as not really looking for anything serious right now with Will Levis. Yeah. This is really freaking funny. It's funny. Um, I think I think Stallion I think, uses this. I think it. I don't want to date seriously right now. I think Stallion uses this app a lot. Hinge. Are we all familiar with Hinge, Jeff? You got, you got a Hinge account? I don't have a Hinge account, but I know what it is. Well, you should get one, apparently. I don't know. Um, you want... To hear the description of Bryce Young's rookie year with the Panthers? Yeah, when we come back. 
We have a guest. Right now. We'll do it right now. He lied about his height on Hinge, and the first date was a disaster. (laughs) When we come back, we're giving away Neil Young tickets, talking a little boxing, the sweet science. Brian Mitchell here, and I always demand excellence whether I'm on or off the field. If your HVAC system isn't cutting it, it's time for Rude. Thanks to the IRA Act, you can snag up to $2,000 in tax credits for qualifying heat pump systems. And Maryland residents, there are extra rebates on Rude equipment just for you. Personally, I have three Rude 18-seer inverter heat pumps powering my home, and it's a total game changer. So head to Rude.com. That's R-U-U-D.com. And see for yourself. Elevate your comfort this winter with Rude. Because if it ain't Rude, it ain't right. Ooh, you hear that music? Jeff's out. Jeff's standing up pretending to box, I think. Let's do something before I forget, because I often forget. Caller number 10 right now, 800-636-1067. You can win two tickets to Neil Young, Crazy Horse, Love Earth Tour. Saturday, May 11th at Jiffy Lube Live. Tickets are on sale now. For tickets and more information, visit thefandc.com slash events, courtesy of Live Nation. Now, you heard the eye of the tiger there, most commonly associated with Rocky, Rocky Balboa. Talk, uh, Talk a little boxing with us right now, Tony Jetter. Got an event going on this weekend at Maryland Live. Tony, what's up, dude? How are you? How's it going, guys? Going good, Thanks man. for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for coming on, dude. Um, so Jeff is our local boxing, boxing expert, and he is okay. he is quite fired up to come to the fights this weekend. Um, what, what do we got going on? Because I, I know you got some guys that are, I think you got a couple, a couple title holders. Tell, tell us what to expect. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. It's going to be at La Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. I'm sure you've been there. Um, and it's an incredible venue. Um, we got a WBC uh, Super Middleweight Championship between Emmanuel Leem and Malcolm Jones. Incredible. Uh, Emmanuel Leem was rated number five in the world at one time. Uh, it's been on Showtime, Fox. So really, really high-level kid. Um, he's from Virginia. And then we have uh, Brandon Chambers fighting Jakeem Hutchinson in a rematch of last year. Uh, incredible, incredible fight. Four knockdowns, two with Jakeem, two with Chambers. Um, yeah, it was fight of the year by far. And then we got a bunch of local guys. We got a kid, uh, Victor Williams. He was actually a receiver for Dartmouth. Um, and now he's transferred over to boxing. He's 4-0, and he's from D.C. So we've got a lot, a lot of really good guys from the DMV. It's going to be an incredible card. And like I said, if you've never been to a sporting event at live, it's next level. How, how many people – I mean, because you've got – not to discount any of the local fighters that are going, but you've got some, like, real kind of title fights here. How many, yeah. pe- how many people – fit in there like I can't imagine it's that big of a venue oh my gosh they, they have Dave Chappelle it holds 5,000 okay yeah, they, yeah. they do Dave Chappelle uh you know they have everybody there they just had um they uh, Ron White was there uh last week so yeah they have a bunch of and it's hard like if you go in the casino they it's off the, you go in. It's like you could go right to the left and now take you into the vent center. And it's it's incredible. Like it is they. I guess they they opened it up in 2020. The whole hall, so it's sort of brand new. 
What What are the uh, prices for the tickets? Um, sixty five up to two fifty. So it's gonna. I mean, and a lot of the tickets are sold. But there's still a bunch of tickets that you get, and hopefully we'll have. Not hopefully we will have a big walk up because the car, like I said, from top to bottom is incredible. It's gonna be some really good fights. Um. um what what is the biggest thing going on in the fight game now? Like how I I know that your background is in boxing, but like I, I think I love watching boxing. Still, I love when I come home and there's just like a Saturday night fight or whatever. But more and more, it's all pay per view to watch. Um, how hard is it to get young people into boxing when like the way people have watched it over the years has kind of dissipated? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think boxing as a whole is sort of taking a, a step back because you got to think a lot of people now go into basketball, football, baseball, whatever the other sports. So a lot of our – and, you know, the heavyweight division sort of drives boxing, you sure. know, as a whole. And as of lately, it hasn't been with Mayweather being 147. Bernard, I mean, a lot of the guys have been swallowed because our heavyweight division has been weak. Um, as a whole, like a lot of Europeans are winning the heavyweight title. Case in point, Tyson Fury and, uh, you know, the other guys over in Europe. So I think the biggest thing for boxing right now is we need to really build the heavyweight division back up with Americans. And it's a little difficult, like I said, because a lot of the guys go to football or basketball. You know, that's where our top athletes are going right now. People are afraid to get hit in the face these days, man. That's what's wrong. You know that. Like, I mean, like, like, who wants to get hit? Like, really? You know, so I don't know. Y'all, I think y'all have had Jimmy Lang on a couple times on 106.7 The Fan. Yeah, I know the Junks yeah. have a relationship with him. Yeah. So I beat him twice at the Patriots Center. Oh, wow. I probably was at one of those yeah. fights. Yeah, you were. 2012, I beat yeah. him, and I beat him in 2014. Um, How big of an impact – has the growth of UFC made on boxing? Like, if if somebody is willing to get hit in the face, it seems like more often they're doing the the UFC stuff than than the straight sweet science. Yeah, I mean, you you can look at Daniel Cormier was talking about boxing still one of the most dangerous sports because the the head trauma you take is incredible. And UFC, a lot of them kids are like uh, college wrestlers. So I I, I mean. MMA is incredible. Like, I think it – I mean, it's mixed martial arts, so there's so many different – like, a lot of them guys now have boxing backgrounds, wrestling backgrounds, and so forth. But I think it's taken a little bit of a – but, I mean, it, they're, they're – they're the only – they're combat sport, but they're different, if you know what I mean by that. Sure. But, oh, yeah. It's definitely different. Yeah, um, I mean, UFC is incredible, but – I mean, boxing, like, you, you put the, the biggest boxing matches. Terrence Crawford just fought Errol Spence. Everybody and their mother was there. Huge. Made a ton of money. But the problem with boxing right now is you really can't get the, those big fights or once a year, whereas UFC does big fights every show. They, I, I mean, know? they're, like, every, every weekend, every month. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like wrestling. Yeah. It is a little yeah, it's, it's, Well, they also... What UFC does that's so different from boxing is Dana White controls it all. Whereas boxing, yep. there's 8 million promoters and 8 million belts, and yeah. you have to be certified and all this. It just seems so different. 
Yeah, I, I, you're, you're right. And that is the biggest problem with boxing is, first off, we don't have unified rules. Like, I mean, rules that every state goes by. Each state has different rules, different jurisdictions, different commissioners, whereas in football, UFC, everybody has the same rules, you know? Yeah. And like you said, boxing with the different promoters. I'm a promoter. They got a promoter in D.C. They got them in Virginia. Like, where, like you said, Dana White sort of controls it. And I know a lot of the Fighters are upset because of the money, but yeah, overall, sure. it, the the product is incredible. Like because you have the best fight and the best. Where in boxing, it's difficult. Nobody really, even at this level, and we're we're not a low level. We're like a mid level because we're doing casino shows. So this isn't like some low level show. We're doing like high level stuff. But even guys that are making millions of dollars. They, they they don't want to lose, so they don't want to lose that money. Whereas in UFC, if they lose, they just come right back and fight again. Yeah, right. You know, I think. Hey, Tony, I wanted to uh, ask you something. Um, we have a uh, producer on our program named Jeff Jeff Walker, and Jeff frequently okay. talks out of his ass and says <laughs> that he can he, he can perform in the ring. Um, Jeff, why don't you give your 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 measurements. You know, let, uh, let, Jeff's a heavyweight. Let's do a digital. Let's do an audio version of a weigh-in. He's two sixty-nine. He oh. told me this morning. Yep, I'm two sixty-nine, and I, I was what, actually six-one. Yep, I'm six-one. I was actually having this conversation with Landfill like two days ago. Tony, you said something that that literally aligned with what I said. I said, you know what, Landfill? I think I'm a you know because I go to the gym now. I'm like, I think I'm gonna become a heavyweight fighter. It's the easiest. Yeah. Divi- it's the easiest division to get into. All the guys <laughs> who are at the top. It's the one that you get your ass whipped real quick too. All the guys <laughs> at the top. They're old. They're about to phase out. I know the guys that's coming up. You know, yeah, I think I can compete with them. Yeah, if you're old when it comes to boxing, dog. I'm not old, bro. <laughs> you do you 30. know? What, do you know what Deontay Wilder was doing a year before he became the champ? What he was driving a truck. Okay. So and then he became. So uh, just hold on. Why don't we let the expert on the line? Uh, Tony, do you think Jeff at 29? 30. 30. 30. 30 on the dot. Oh, 30. He's okay. 30 years old. With he's 6'1", 270. And when he went to Bowie State to play football, they wouldn't give him a helmet. <laughs> do you think he's ready to be a heavyweight fighter? Well, well hold on. What type of fighting experience do you have? Well, uh, well, when I was when I was younger. This fight's in high school. I, when I was younger, no, I did train. I never fought. Uh, an actual okay. match boxing wise, um, because we we ended up moving from around where the gym I was at. Um, so I I I do know I I know my footwork. I know how to throw a punch. I know I know the basics. Do you of not boxing. accept the punch? Yes, I did. I, some, I, 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 I've, I've been punched in the face before. Recently, boxing. So and I can still take a hit. And, well, you beat up that guy that was stabbing your car for a while. Yeah, he, he got some hands. <laughs> So, so here we go. He, here's the most important thing about fighting. Like everybody, and, and J, you, you might be incredible. I have no idea. He's not. But the one thing, the one, <laughs> the one <laughs> thing about boxing is when you fight someone. That's why I tell people all the time. Like you know, I had 100 damage fights, 28 pro fights. But I've been boxing for a long time. I just tell people all the time, like just because I'm smaller or whatever, I actually know how to fight. So I, I know how to, like, I've taken punches before. Where a lot of guys that really have never done it before, 
they don't know what it's like to get hit by somebody that knows how to actually, you know, perform the technique, throw the punches correctly. And then on top of it, the person that's throwing the punches typically can take a punch too because they've been boxing. So those are like as long as you have those those two attributes, you're going to be good to go. But um, Tony, yeah, you're going to be good to go right on that floor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tony. Um, my last bout was an unsanctioned bout in David Mintzberg's garage, probably circa 1997. Um, okay. Now, which no, it was ruled a draw. It was me versus Jamar Townsend. Um, who do you think, like, do you think I could get back in the ring? No. I am, I mean, <laughs> I'm 42. He's 42 years almost old. Almost six foot, and almost don't like, 200 and pounds. does not like to be touched. I like, oh, to, be t- I like okay. to be gently touched. <laughs> yeah, okay, so nothing, nothing, uh, nothing aggressive or, you know, you just, the, the more the gentle side. Okay, well, well, I'll tell you, literally, train hard. And I think, you know, you might be able to pull it off, but, um, I probably, probably won't train I'll... hard, though, Tony. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Listen, man, I, I hope the fights go great. Uh, everybody check it out. Saturday night, Maryland Live. Now, our boy Jeff is coming to the fight. Yeah. Is, is there yeah. any way Jeff can meet up with you? Make sure Jeff can meet you and you can give him a, a true assessment. Give him a real him. scouting report. Right. right. I'll be Don't worry. He wear a little shirt, like... so you can see his whole body. Wear oh, yeah. Short T-shirts. He's got nice okay. boobs. <laughs> Uh, okay, you, you hit him with a little, hit him with a little gut shot just to see where he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I tell you what, are. Tony, if you could hit Jeff with a gut shot and no. get that, get that on tape for us, we'll no. take it. I actually no. saw Tony before. I saw Tony. I think it was two weeks ago at the Davis Fight Promotions, uh, fight at yeah, Entertainment yeah, was- Sports Arena. Yeah, that yeah, man's yeah, still in yeah, shape, yeah. bro. I'm not letting him punch Tony's me. Tony's right a real now. fighter. <laughs> um, <laughs> I listen. I, I, Tony's giving you the tickets. I think the least thing you could do is get punched in the stomach. All right, let's right, do it, Tony. Yeah. Let's do it, Tony. Yes. Oh, no, so listen. So you got to let me. I mean, you know, right in the solar plexus, no real major damage. It'll knock the wind out of you, and it'll be a little painful for like 30 seconds, then it's gone. You're good to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it, Tony. Let you have it. our full support. Uh, Mark, film Tony punching Jeff. Thank, <laughs> you, thank you, sir. I hope everything right, goes Tony, great this weekend. Care, good luck. Definitely. Thank you. All right. All right, bro. Take care. That's Tony Jetter. Uh, some fights this weekend. Maryland Live. You know, Check I them out. I that fight. The Crawford fight? All right. His fight at, uh, at George Mason. Well, I think you should go this weekend to Maryland Live so we can watch Jeff get punched in the stomach. All these promoters. It's on, it's on Saturday? I got to leave it Saturday. I think all these fight promoters well, need to get more of Jeff getting punched in the stomach, and maybe we'll start coming. Don't go anywhere. Phone lines open at 1 o'clock for Bleep You Thursday. It's for Bleep You Thursday. Well, whoever you're mad at, I, I got I got some things. Um, I'm asking this sincerely. I don't know the answer to this. What is the point of a fiscal year? Rather than creating your own calendar for your company, mm-hmm. what if just everybody used the regular calendar? Then there'd be no need for fiscal years whatsoever. I don't know. I guess to make sure everything isn't coming together at the same time. But, like, whenever you create your fiscal year, doesn't it all then come together at that time? But everybody don't have the same fiscal year. Right, but doesn't that only complicate it? Well, if you got your fiscal year at your your company, somebody else has theirs at their company, how does that complicate anything? 
So, I JP's company fiscal year is July one. Brian's fiscal year company, Brian's company fiscal year is October one. Like mm-hmm. the government, that's what got me thinking about this. Landfills is February fifteenth. Yeah. So landfills. Landfill has to worry about his in February 15th, not you and I. Right, but it, what happens when the three of us want to work together? We're all bleeped. But the three of us want to work together, then we have to come to a point that's kind of in the middle to where we know. Because like we, when you start dealing with, when you do charity work, and you know when the end of the fiscal year is for a certain person, they have to, they have a certain amount of charities they have to, to donate money to, so you go to them at that time. I know to come to you by, by July 1. Before that. It's just a lot more to keep track of. Yeah, but it's just, but you'll figure it out. But, I mean, I don't know many people that worry about others' fiscal year outside of their own. Landfill, up or down vote, yes or no, do fiscal years make sense? Uh, No. Just use the regular year. There is already a year. Jeff, go ahead and explain to me fiscal years. It's a year for money. <laughs> That's it. And, uh... I think we should do the same thing, bro. Just keep it all simple, short, and sweet. But the thing about I understand this, 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 this it. This is the but problem, though. See, JP want everything to be how he wants it to be. Fiscal years have been around forever. I'm not disputing it ain't that. Change. Does it make any sense? What's the uh, point? Whether it makes sense or not is what it is. I agree and with you that. Either, you either, I just thought of it. Why do they exist? The same reason rules exist that you don't like to follow. That's true. There are, so, there, those are numerous. I mean, I'm sure there are people in certain areas where things are more profitable or prominent at a certain time of the year, so they want to try to make that all end together so they end with a bang. And in another part of the country or world, it may be something different. Their products may come around at a different time. That's probably why it happened. So the United know. States government, mm-hmm. we all know what happens April 15th, right? Yeah, taxes. Taxes are due. Money. So why then is the fiscal year in October? You get all our money from you, so you can figure out you you get all your money in house, so you can know how much you made. So make sure you give us ours on April fifteenth. <laughs> That's what they're telling you. Would you like to know my last two Google searches? Mm-hmm. Uh, one search was Miss New Booty by Bubba Sparks, and the next was Why Do Fiscal Years Exist? Um, according your computer to- is confused as hell. According to Google, most commonly used for accounting purposes to prepare financial statements. Yeah. Yo, but you could just do that on New Year's Day. That's the problem. People want to have fun on New Year's Day. I know my buddy works at this financial firm, and you you can't talk to him. What is it, around June, July? You can't talk to him. Yeah, my sister-in-law is like that. all the books together. Well, they got, like, April 15th is a deadline. I think there's another one in October. Yeah. None of it makes sense. That's all I'm saying. It's just that, you know, people know that they're going to be. I'm not expecting the the, the the cat back in the bag. Pandora's not going back in the box or whatever was in that box. But, like, it doesn't make any sense. Obviously, it does. They've been doing it forever. And the, person that, the person that sits, on a, sits in front of a mic and the camera and talks and don't have to worry about fiscal years saying it don't make sense. I do have to worry about them. We have to deal with them. Who? Me. You. When? Contract negotiations. And when 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 was our contract signed? Was it signed on January 1st, was it? No. But February. So our fiscal year is February. Yet another thing that makes no sense. Well, it makes sense because at the time that we were coming on, it was a different month. 
It wasn't at the beginning of the year. You should think they they should hire you on February on March fifteenth, but I don't start paying you back to January first so you can make sure everything is good. We should declare our own fiscal year and then have a fiscal New Year's Eve party. I think that'd be fun. We're gonna do that. Landfill. Next 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 day pops up the anniversary, we're gonna do that. Release the hounds, open the phones, 800-636-1067, It is time for Bleep You Thursday. If you're mad at fiscal years like me, join us. I'm mad at Landfill. Me too. I don't drive a Ferrari. That might be... Um, listen, there's a bit of a... Office brouhaha a brewing. Everybody's giving me grief about a can. Landfill, you want a preview? Bleep you to anybody giving me a hard time about a can. I want to be clear about that. Bleep you because you bought a can and can't open it. Bleep you to the people that provide can openers. Um, got to have a pleasant conversation with a number of the sales folks in the kitchen. Forget and I you. let them know. You know when a cat kills a mouse or something? And they put it, like, on display for the world to know. I'm leaving that can. I'm not going to clean it up. Just letting the world know. Now, I'm going to let people on the phone start. Because this is a phone segment. I don't know when we've done a phone segment in the last few days. Phones are open. 800-636-1067. Whatever you're mad at, whoever you're mad at, whatever's going on in your life, this is your opportunity. All right? Let's get it. Um, do remind me, Brian, the uh, to discuss... The costs of camp in the DMV. Summer camp. Woo. Hey. I want to go to summer camp, Landfill. Uh, I want to start with Ed in Hartford. I think this is particularly relevant. Hello, Ed. How do you do? Hey, what's going on, B. Mitch and JP? Hope you guys are having a great day. This is doing, relevant. Man? Because bleep you to physical year budgets as well. I'm with JP here because it only matters to me for a couple of reasons. One, overtime. When I go to work, don't matter to me. You got to pay me the overtime. That's not my problem. That's your problem. That's when it comes your to problem. Year budget. Number two, number two, when it comes to contract negotiations for me as well, I'm on the same boat as you guys. It matters. Numbers matter to me when we sit down and we're talking about a percentage of increase. Other than that, the other 23 months while I'm under contract, physical year budget has nothing to do with me. Thanks for taking my call. Ed, I love you. You and I think the same, but it's fiscal year, <laughs> not physical year. Let me ask year. you a question, OJ. Sure. You covered the NFL. If they had January to December, what do they got to do, stop football season in the middle of the year so they can make sure they get their books and stuff right? You may have to found, please you. You may have found a loophole, Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, makes sense for them. <laughs> um, like, for me, I never know when Thanksgiving is because it's a moving target, you know, same as year, Easter. I, I would say they probably are there because it starts when your business is formed. If your business is formed on January 1st, there you go, January 1st to the end of the year. But what if your business is formed in March, April, May, June, whenever? You're not going to wait till January 1st to decide to do stuff, are you? I, man, fiscal years are annoying. Bleep them. How about that? Mm-hmm. 
Landfill, it's my understanding you're upset with someone. I'd like to give you the opportunity. Uh, my bleep you goes to Jeff Walker. Uh, he knew about these things called blueberry-covered almonds, and he didn't tell me until today. So bleep you to Jeff bleep for holding you to out Jeff. on me. I thought we were boys. Have you ever had chocolate-covered blueberries from Trader Joe's? I have not. Phenomenal. Although I think they oddly discontinued them, so bleep you to Trader Joe's. Can I defend myself on that? Mm. I, I just found out about the blueberry almonds today. I'd like one. Do you have any for me? I, I don't have any more. I'll bring some. I'll bring some tomorrow. Hold on. So you brought them, just shared them with Landfill, and not me or B. No, nope. he offered me. I told him no. Yeah, I was. I, I just pulled wow. the pack and was like, "Look what I Hold found." On. So that's a very specific bleep you to me. <laughs> I'm Whereas some I tomorrow. had a bag of salt and vinegar chips, shared them with everybody. Bro, it was a little bag of nuts, and I didn't. Whoa! Have them. Pause. That's why I didn't want. Them. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want. Them. Uh, Smitty is in Laurel. Y'all ever notice JP brings chips in? And have y'all eat them? So he going to eat a little bit so he don't be at his house so he won't eat the rest of them? I ate plenty of them. I ate probably more than I should. Smitty, who you mad at? How you doing? It's fine, Jay, fellas. Up, I'm Smitty? mad at the NBA for putting on that garbage all-star game this past Sunday night. If they don't want to play, just don't show up. It's ridiculous. Pathetic. I, I was thinking about Did y'all something. want them to do it like football and they go play games instead of football? Yo, the games Saturday night were more fun than know, the games Sunday. Do something. I mean, I, 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 kinda, I, I enjoyed the game. You know why? Because I don't what? expect anything. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all expect to see basketball? Hell, they don't play basketball in the regular season. until They don't play till the playoffs. You are correct. The, the product is so bad, I don't know why we expected the All-Star game to be good. I remember many years ago, I remember going to the All-Star game at what was then probably called MCI Center when Allen Iverson led this, like, ferocious fourth-quarter comeback. Like, they used to not care and then play hard in the fourth quarter. Now they just don't care. Yep. Well, I think I think the West just quit after they saw the East had already put it on so much. They didn't, they didn't want to fight because... Like they said, we said earlier, they don't. People don't like this. This day and age, this era does. They are afraid to lose. So, oh man, we didn't even try. That's what, that's, what, that's. I guarantee you, that's the reason. I'm with you. I'm with you. Thank you, yeah. Smitty. Appreciate you, buddy. Um, all right. Why don't we address the elephant in the room? I'm on a soup diet. Everyone's aware it's doing wonders. Um, you're on a soup diet, but you came in to have a bag of damn us chips. They were. They were. They were sealed. It was a full bag of chips. But you ate half of the bag. A second ago, you said I didn't eat enough. Now I ate no, too many. I'm saying, but you Make bring, up your mind. You bring chips in just to get other people to eat some so you don't, they don't all be at your house. I understand that. That's accurate. Um, th- nobody has to eat them. There's no, like, rule about the chips. Uh, last week, news emerged that I was taking too many bowls and plates from my home, so my wife got me this specific soup container. Mm-hmm. Now, we work. She should buy you a soup kit. I I may need it. We work at a place that often leaves us lacking. Like, basic office supplies don't exist here. Um, The chairs all look like they've been through foster care. Chairs work. They work. They work in this room. It's it's kind of a chair graveyard. Where that one came from? Right. It's it's a very odd. At best, you could describe it as like an odd chair hodgepodge, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the microwave, I don't understand why you. what is wrong with the button. But somebody, like, somebody broke it. Right. You like, got to push it and pull. We deal with a lot of 
effed up stuff around here. That's just, landfill, we didn't have a working printer for two months, something like that. But there's a baseline of what of what should exist in the world. And in an office with a gigantic kitchen, it's a nice space. There's there's 40 drawers. The kitchen here is three times the size of my kitchen at home. Yours is probably still larger because you have a mansion, but it's much larger than my kitchen. Shouldn't there be a can opener? No. Yes. Because let's be real. And if there is a no, can no, no, opener, no, 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 no. it let's should stop, work. Let's stop, let's stop, let's stop. Who brings cans to eat at work besides you? I feel like enough people Nobody bring a can brings of food. cans in. If they bring a can, they bring a pop top. Well, bleep you specifically to that brand of soup that didn't have a pop top. No, bleep you for buying that, bl- that brand of soup when you know you're going to bring in some soup and not having a damn can open. Do, do you have more than one can open at home? If you were, if you were, know. if you were responsible. Your wife would allow you to bring a can open and knowing you're going to bring it back home. Instead, you eating. Cup of noodles. Cup of noodles now. Instant. <laughs> with a spoon. I need a fork. So, look. I walked in here today with a, some rutabaga, some grilled chicken, strawberries. You also have a thing going on now. No. I, but I bring food every day. And I bring what I you need. You often bring food. Yes. But I, I bring what I need. I, Dude. All I needed was that bowl of soup, and there was no goddamn can opener. But you, you bring bowls and don't take them home, and spoons and totally irrelevant. <laughs> um, Leo is in Winchester. You know the other thing, even if that stupid can opener worked, it was a left-handed can opener. <laughs> Who the hell buys that? Ned, Ned Flanders, the left, the leftorium. Leo's in Winchester. Hello, Hello Leo. Leo. How do you do? Hey, how's it going, bud? We're good, Hi, Brian. Man. How you doing? I'm good, man. So I'm bleeping my ex, Debbie. Hope she's listening. Uh, she dumped me the Monday before uh, Valentine's Day and cost me well over $1,000. Whoa. Because we were supposed to get out and, you know, have a weekend away. So, yeah. She wait, dumped wait, you wait, the wait, Monday wait. after Valentine's Day or, before, or the Monday before? Before. So, Monday so before. you couldn't call and get the money back yeah, from the trip? Yeah, cancel that stuff. Oh, man, no, no. That was all non-refundable, brother. Well, I... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, you had a room? So all you had to do is I get had... somebody to go with you. Brother, we had a room on the wharf. We had dinner reservations. Dude, you, I guarantee you somebody would have... So some somebody else would have gone with you. I, I get the hotel is cooked. I understand that. But you didn't have to go to dinner. You didn't go to dinner by yourself, did you? No, no, I didn't go to dinner. And by what myself. was the gift man, you said? Have you ever tried to stay at the war? It's did, expensive down there. Oh, it is. Did you did you buy a gift? You couldn't return the gift? Oh, no. I yeah, I took the I took the gift back. That that was one thing. I was more I'm more upset about the hotel room. Hotel room. You should like Nutter Butters. Um, Leville, I, I feel like I should also address the attempted puncture wounds on the can of soup in the photo you tweeted out. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't get that stupid left-handed can opener to work. The left-handed can opener is broken. The broken left-handed can opener, making it that much worse. So then there was a big old knife. It kind of reminded me of the knives from Outback they give you. Yeah. And I was just going to stab it. 
And then B is like, yo, stop. You're going to hurt yourself. So then I stopped I that, stop, too. You're going to cut yourself. Right. So and I stopped. I wasn't wrapping up nothing. That's why the puncture wound, the, the puncture attempts But are it's there. about eight puncture wounds and no hole. I also could use so a fork. So he was hitting it too soft. If anybody has a fork, I could use that. What do you need a fork for? This my cup of noodles, dude. Um, Damon is in Oxen Hill. Damon, who you mad at? Damon, you there, buddy? Uh, yes, sir. Hello. Yeah, we got you, bro. What's up? Okay. Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. First off, and second, thanks for taking my call. Cool, man. Um, please don't cut me off, cause like. It's about to be a, a, a classic. Don't one. name full names or companies, all right? Oh no, 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 no! I'm not going to name any companies. I ain't going to go at nobody names. Uh, I hope the guy listens to the show, but I don't think he does. However, um, a lot of people do, man. It, it, yeah, but I mean, for the for the crap that went on here, man, it was kind of wild, and I think I'm kind of cool for it. So. Uh, my brothers and sister and I have been taking care of my mom and her affairs since she's been sick the last couple months. And as part of my duties, I've been maintaining her house. Well, she's been having some issues over there. And one of them uh, I called the HVAC technician for. So, <clears throat> I mean, uh, well, not nah, it was uh, uh, an alarm technician. That's what it was. And so the guy comes out and the box on the uh, on the pa- or the panel's bad, so he goes to replace the panel, and he tried to give me uh somebody else's box that he serviced earlier in the day. It was like their old one, and I was like, man, that's some bull. And so he was like, yeah, I know it works though because I just used it at somebody else's house. And I'm like, all right, well, then that box didn't work, so. He said he had to replace it. He just happened to have a new one with him. All right, well, how much is the replacement box? Um, I don't know. And so I called customer service. After talking to them, I had them on speakerphone, and the dude turns around and all, uh, as customer service is about to tell me how much it is because she under warranty still, he was like, oh, it's $75. And I'm like, man, that's a malarkey. How is it that you – didn't know the price when I initially asked you, but now I'm talking to customer service. You know how much it costs. I love you, and, and so, I love that you're he mad. He was trying to get you, though. Let's hold get on, to the on. finish line. This is the, the last one. This is the last Gotta one. Get the final there. straw with him. Bleep you to this dude, because the final straw was when I sat around the corner to sort of contemplate my thoughts, and the dude took a dump in my mother's bathroom with the door open. Wait, 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 wait. Yo, next time lead with that. Yeah. <laughs> you did, we didn't no, need the he, background. I had to build up to it for the kind no, of you Wait, wait. No, left you the didn't. door open? Yo, left the door open. I didn't even realize the door was open. I was sitting around the corner, like I say, and I couldn't see around it. Can but I, it ain't but like six to eight feet. I anyway, need to ask dude, a quick question. Dude, Damon. Grunting. D- hold yeah. on. <laughs> now, he, he used the facility at your mother's house with the door open, or he used the, the bathtub? Door- What'd you say? No, the no, bathroom. no, no, no. He used the facility. Okay. Damn. He relieved himself of number two with I, the door open. I, could, I, I couldn't I, even throw him out because he was finished to work. I try to take my job seriously in spurts where I, I, I try to be careful what I say and I try not to incite violence. You should have beat that dude's ass. <laughs> That's the second time today in as many persons I've told this story to that said that. 
Well, I'm 30, so that's three. You should get him. All right, Damon, Godspeed. Go beat that guy up. Get a beer or something. Try to relax. Maybe Jeff's got an L you can hit. I don't know. I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. Thank you for the call. Hopefully, hopefully wow. you got some sense of satisfaction here. Uh, Landini, the phone lines are lit up. Can you believe that? I mean, <laughs> I wanted to circle back real quick to our dude that called on Valentine's Day where the girl broke up with him. Wouldn't you rather, I think you're better off with the girl breaking up with you right before Valentine's Day than if she made you spend all the money and, and then, then broke up you with go. you like February yeah, 16th. Yeah, the whole thing about it, I would have went with somebody else and been having pictures and everything else. Can I, she would have been a little upset. Can I tell you something, Brian? You would have done that. You're Brian Mitchell. There would have been another woman readily available. For a lot of the rest of the people, Dude, it doesn't work that way. Jay. Believe me, my Valentine's Day, a lot of people are looking for somebody to show some love to him. He could have found somebody else. He had a room down at the wharf. He could have found somebody else. Here's what I know you can find. ESPN Bet. ESPN Bet is now live in the DMV as the official sports book of ESPN. ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users get 100 bucks in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present within the state of Maryland or Virginia to participate. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See the app for details. Keep on rocking in the free world. You got anything? I have never heard this song. Ever? Ever, but it don't sound bad. I mean, it's a, probably considered like an all-time. Yeah, I was going to say, this, this, this is like a motto I live by, rocking in the free world. I like that, Jeff. You've heard this, B, now that you've heard it, right? Yeah, that, I've heard that it song? Before. Yeah. Um, B was there when they made it, probably. <laughs> Yo, our guy Leo, the, B, he's going to fight you, Jeff. He's going to fight you. Um. I mean, it's from the 90s. B's, B's old. That's from the 90s? Yeah. You were there when they made it, too. You just was in a damn stroller. Uh, yeah. Uh, Hold on. I think that recording was from the 90s. I think that song's from, like, the 70s. Are, are you kidding? Neil Young wrote that in the 90s? Yes. You know, you did a lot of stuff back in the day. You, you, you know, your, your long-term memory is not I good. mean, it might have been, like, the very late 80s, but there's multiple references to the first President Bush Damn, in there. came out in 91. I told you. I know things, bro. Good for you. I would have thought that was from, like, Neil Young complaining about the Nixon era. It's a good tune. He was mad at George H.W. Bush. Well, how do you think he felt about regular W 20 years later? Um, what is Neil Young's biggest hit? Is that it? <clears throat> Heart of Gold, maybe? Mm. Uh, I don't know. But you can go see him soon. Where? At Jiffy Lube. We've been giving the tickets away. Um, all right. People are still on the line. People are still mad. Uh, let's go to Daryl in D.C. Daryl, what are you mad about, dude? Love you guys' show, man. I, I, you know what I'm mad about? All right. So the last segment, I know you guys are changing, right? All right, the last segment is Valentine's Day, right? So you ever heard of Galentine's Day where all the girls 
that aren't with somebody go out and then they then they 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 invite your your wife your girlfriend and they want to go out and then like have dinner and you've already bought chocolates and a card and flowers we've and heard of all these different things yes galantine so the gallon so the girls get together like the day before the day after whatever and it still costs you more money I was like, how much money do I have to spend on Valentine's? And now you're going to have a Galentine's Day. I was like, you already got a man. And your man already bought all this. And d- 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 ah, ah, I love him. I, I get, love him. Hey, I, man. I get it, man. You are frustrated. You and I appreciate your Galentine's frustration. You, go into your fund. Don't go into my fund. Yeah, you pay for Galentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, you and your gals pay for it. Um, I don't know what I've done to disrupt this person. Co from the foe. Who you mad at? Hey, 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 what's up, fellas? What's up, brother? JP, I'm mad at you, man, because that's supposed to be your anthem right there, man. Eminem get the rap. You supposed to come back from segment, man. You supposed to rap that whole first verse, JP. Why? Just because he's a white dude, he has to be my favorite rapper? <laughs> no, I ain't saying your favorite rapper, but as the only white guy in the in, in the station on the mic, God dang it, you supposed to come out rap. You rap anything else? Tina Turner, Bone Thugs. You supposed to hit us with that verse, brother. All right. I, you know what? That's kind of fair, but I, I got to ask you a question. Did you say I'm the only white dude at the no, station? No, no, I didn't mean to say that. I did. I take that back. You're not the only one on the mic. You're not. We're swimming we in white dudes. in the background, but, but you 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 the lead, Mike. You the lead, Mike. You supposed to come in with that first verse hard, man. I'll, I'll do what I, I, I can. I was picturing you. I was picturing you like the like the like the punter off of New York Jets off hard next, man. That's, <laughs> what, that's what I wanted you to do. I got All it. Right. All I, right. I owe you one, Co. Thank yeah, you for Jay, the call. Man, what the hell are you doing? Son? Seriously, thank you, Co. Um, yo, landfill. I know you have a relationship with Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner. Shoot him a text real quick and make sure he's listening. I think we found something. Will do. Jay, who you mad at? What up, fellas? What's good? What's How you up, doing, man? Like, I had a couple, but real quick, man, I wanted to bleep that long-ass bleep you from Damon, man. He took <laughs> a long time. He, he, he could have cut to the chase stuff. there. He could have gotten man, to I the almost, point. Huh? Man, I almost hung up. I'm only on my lunch break now. But uh, <laughs> also, hey, man, bleep Debbie too, my man Leo, man. I was dirty, but she did. Yeah, but my man. original bleep you was uh, for the judge at All-Star game for the dunk contest. It was the old black dude. I think he was an Indiana Pacers great. Uh, Hillman or Tillman, something like that. Man, that dude was terrible with the judging, man. Bleep him, man. Get his ass out of there. He gave Jalen Brown a 10 for one of his dunks where, you know, he had somebody holding the ball from him. In my opinion, that none of them dunks they used a prop were, were a 10. He gave them a 10, man. He's giving people nines all throughout the night. He was, cr- he was trash, man. And lastly, Darnell Hillman, I think, is who you're talking about. Yeah, that sounded about right. Yeah, bleep that dude. All right. Uh, Thank you, Jay. Appreciate you. Landfill, did you text Adam Silver? Yeah, you know it. I I got his number, texted him. He hasn't got back yet. Well, here's the tremendous news for Adam Silver. Jay and DC just called in to say bleep you to the judges in the NBA All-Star Weekend Dunk Contest. Yeah. Congratulations, Adam Silver, NBA commissioner. Somebody was watching. We found the one dude who gave a bleep about NBA All-Star Weekend because nobody on the court did and nobody watching did. But congratulations. I'm sure you can twist that dude into some statistic that tells you how ratings are up because more people liked it on Instagram or whatever. I don't know what, what, why people are mad, though. What, what were you expecting? Seriously. 
if they don't care in the regular season, they sure as hell aren't going to care in saying. the exhibition so season. I should say bleep you to all the people that are upset at the All-Star game because they gave you exactly what you should have expected. Uh, but if you thought they were going to play real basketball, something's wrong with you. Luke is in D.C. What up, Luke? Hey, boys. How are you? What up, man? Hey, I wanted to say bleep you to my neighbor who finds it necessary to park his Tesla on the road and then run an extension cord from his house across the sidewalk to plug it in. So when I'm out, when I'm out walking my dogs in the dark, I have no idea if there's a cord there on the sidewalk. He don't have a he doesn't have a driveway. I don't know if it's somebody renting from him or not, but I'm thinking about cutting the damn thing to be honest with you. You have our support. Not legally. <laughs> if any lawyers are listening, hypothetically, you have our support. JP speaking. No, the other people didn't speak. I speak on behalf of Jeff Walker and Jeff Walker one, only. One fourth of the show is speaking. The other three fourths are not. Um, <laughs> our guy, Commander Tequila, often has unique viewpoints. Let's see what he's mad about. Hello, Commander Tequila. Up, How do you T? do? Hey, guys. How you guys doing? Good, man. Well, I am bleeding weather here because I'm working in a tunnel at two spring. I think when did it go for seen spring? I think we need to remind Commander Tequila what he can and can't it's say. Radio, on the radio. Brother, we can't curse. Also, was he asking when is it gonna be spring? Yeah. It's February twenty first or something. I don't know what the hell day it is, but it's not spring seconds. yet. But it's not spring. Yeah. We have listen, Brian and I are elite weather experts and what i tell people repeatedly about life in the dmv or the dmwv whatever you prefer winter ain't over until saint patrick's day yeah about that time you get sometimes hang around a little longer than that you get to the last week of march winter's over like then spring's coming tulips pop you gotta mow your lawn whatever it is you do Mm -hmm. um jeff get my man online to make sure ben farrell um commander tequila you can wish winter away all you want, sir, but I think you got about a month left. Charlie is on the Beltway. Hello, Charles. Who you mad at? I'm not mad at anybody, really, but I'm not Ooh. on the Beltway anymore. I finally got in the parking lot. Hold I'm on, safe. Charlie. Did you trick Landfill to get through and say that you're on the Beltway instead of the College Park? You talked to Jeff. No, I don't, I'm not bringing it up. Okay. I've got abandonment issues because I've been hung up on twice. I'm not going to start anything. All right. Don't start no stuff. Won't be no stuff. stuff. We can talk. But until then, I'm shutting up. All right. Who you mad at? I I got to say, beat you to the NBA again. I got to beat you to the NFL. I'm a purist. I'm I'm old. I know that. It's a young people's world. That's not basketball. That's not football. Makes me sick. And Brian, you said, you know, when you you expect something, you're going to be disappointed. I didn't expect it. That's why I don't watch it. It's, it's 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 sick, but that's where we are now. All right. And JP, you know what? I know Brian's hard on you. I tell him so sometimes. You know what? You deserve it sometimes, man. <laughs> you bring a can in to work and you're using a knife, and Brian's trying to save you from cutting yourself, and you complain about a left-handed opener. You got to do something left-handed, man. Nah, man. It was the opener's fault, and then the lack of. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. A bad workman brings his tools. Bye, bye. Thank you, Charlie. I like, that. I like that. Bad work with blames his tools. Landville, I think Charlie completed the task there. You have to commend him. 
He called in. He had a bleep you, and he was good. And he made fun of me, which I know you love. That was a that was a solid call. I just wish they could all be like that. All right. Well, hey, can't start a fire without a spark, Lanthorn. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, ben is in Bethesda. Benny, what up? Oh, man, I am not happy with uh, my cable provider, the TV situation in the world right now. It's 2020. Kidding me? Uh, that, that's tough. That's a high bill. Um, but as somebody yeah, who. Yeah, but if you want, if you $250, why? Because you want to stream everything and you want all of the channels, but you don't want to pay for them? Well, there's two things. I think one, everybody that wants to cut the cord. What does internet cost if you just get internet? It's probably a hundred a month, right? Jeff, know. what do you have at, at your casa? And only tell us about the legal stuff. I have Xfinity. With the cable too? No, you, no, you're it's just two fifty a month. I mean, it's it's all with my rent, so I don't I don't know, man. How much do you pay in rent a month, Jeff? Pay about fifteen. Damn, dog. Thousand? No, I'm joking. <laughs> Landfill, what do you hey, have? You rolling, dog. Landville claims he doesn't know. Clearly doesn't want to open up on that. Um, I I just think, I don't think anything is cheap anymore, dude. No, but the thing of it is, this is the thing about a lot of young people. They want to be able to watch everything at any time they want, but don't want to pay for it. I think Ben's my age. Our age. Everybody today want to think young. If you you think older, you understand. When you keep getting something, you got to pay for it. When we come back, Point I think blank, I think all the boys got hot last night. Let's make some bets. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bet with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Put your money on the Wiz tonight. 15 and a half point underdogs. I think they can cover. Put your $5, get you some cheddar. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Brian and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 1067 The Fan. You have to be 21 years old, the president of Virginia. First online real money wage only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Can't start a fire without a spark. This gun's for hire. Even if we're just dancing in the dark. What you got on this song, Jeffrey? Bruce Springsteen. boy. Tremendous recall there, Landfill, for me dropping a line to playing it coming out of the next break. Um, shout out to my guy, Brian Miller, who was very excited by hearing that Neil Young song. Uh, busy day today, man. A lot of people with a lot of things to complain about. Um, a lot of people trying to show love to our guy, Leo, who got dumped by Debbie. Debbie, you suck if you're listening. Um, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, B. Uh, I, I did want to ask you one thing, Brian. Remember what we were doing earlier and we ran out of time, but it was really funny? Yep. How would you describe the Jets and Aaron Rodgers relationship? Hmm. I just use one word. Damn. How about toxic long-distance relationship? Well, he was there. Nah, he was like in L.A. He was but He was there all the time. He, he wanted to go get milk. 
He was talking. Yo, to I'll he be right back. Milk. There you go. <laughs> he went to go get milk. Yeah, but he got hurt. But then it's like it was toxic. You know the woman that 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 that's she's always mean. Like you do everything, but she's always mad. Yeah, always got, that's that's Aaron Rodgers. Who would you describe? Maybe should have looked beyond the boy next door. Maybe should have looked beyond the boy next door. Shout out to Cody Betts. Steelers. Steelers and Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Maybe should have looked beyond the boy next door. Uh, this one's easy. Ugly divorce. Uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah. Denver and Russ. Um, now, there's a number of them for these ones. It said, quietly quitting this relationship. The list includes the Atlanta Falcons and Desmond Ritter, New England Patriots and Mac Jones, Las Vegas Raiders and Aiden O'Connell, Chicago Bears and Justin Fields, and your Washington Commanders and Sam Howell. Mm. We're just going to low-key just try to back yeah, out of the driveway, of the, hope yeah, nobody yeah. notices. Yeah, this, this is the moment when you wish you had an electric car. Yeah. <laughs> Last, well, don't back out because it makes that weird sound when you back out. It's Last, like a spaceship sound. It does. It like it kind of whirs a little bit. I'm like, oh, why you gotta have that? You going forward, don't make my sound. Last one. Um, the it's not you, it's me. You don't want to be here. Nope. They were lied about your height on hinge. Also, you gotta turn your mic on. I yeah. can hear you. Yeah, laugh you Jeff, you got a guess? Laffy's the only guy that can't hear through this window. Uh, let me see. It's not you, it's me. You don't want to be here. The Patriots? Nope. No, we already said the Patriots. They were in I think this is the 32nd team. We've said all the other ones. You have. Who's the 32nd? But we did this over like the course of an hour. So Minnesota? Be- Minnesota and Kirk Cousins. How many generational Packers quarterbacks do Vikings fans have to see until they can upgrade from Cousins? Wow. I think Minnesota is kind of using the free agency as the injury to be like, maybe we look, maybe it's time we've grown apart. Yeah. But I, I, I don't think, know that you're going to do better. The fact that he's hurt, they should be looking anyway. Uh, you know, what we should be doing is making some bets. Let's get to hurt it here first. All of those QB tiers, terms, relationships were from The Ringer. It's a funny article. You should check it out. Jeffrey. The Ringer. Okay, so Landfill is sitting at 2-0, and and everybody else is sitting at 1-1. One and one. Ooh, Landini. Jeff's 0-2 because your parlay did not <laughs> yeah. hit. Jeff, stop that. We're not letting you go by. He that, picked a, a game that was on the wrong date, and then that pick ended up losing anyway. So he's 0-2, and, and he's just trying to, 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 to get one over on us. I agree. Yeah, Especially. haters. Especially if that pick ended up not hitting even when the correct date it was played. Mm-hmm. Man, give Jeff me the Wizards plus 15, man. Wizards are getting a big number tonight in Denver. Hey, Jeff's been listening to me. Wizards are getting 15 tonight in Denver. Yeah. Um, that's a big boy number. Yes, it and is. And I think, I mean, I guess Bilal played in the Rising Stars game, right? But did any other wizard take part in? Not at all. Those dudes should be rested. Um. All right, Jeff's Jeff's on. Jeff's logged in 
Wizards plus 15. Landini, you like anything tonight? I'm uh, taking uh, basketball, college basketball. Somehow okay. this is a Big Ten matchup because Rutgers is in the Big Ten. Uh, I'm taking Purdue minus 14 and a half. That's a big number. They're playing Rutgers. Rutgers. Should I take the Canucks tonight? Damn, against no, the Caps are playing the Lightning tonight, right? Yeah. Who are the Canucks playing? They're playing the Kraken. How'd you land on Canucks? Uh, just, you know me, I just look, and when that first thing I see, I normally take it. Um, I don't know what I'm doing, to be totally honest well, with you. Well, that's in a lot of things, like opening cans. I, I know how to open cans. The can opener didn't work. Obviously, you don't. You don't. If you go to Twitter, B. Mitchell Finley on Twitter, you can see that JP does not know how to open cans. If the can opener works, I know how to open cans. Uh, uh, let me find something. I've been hot, Landfill. Um, I got it. You ready? Book it. Put 100 bucks on it for me, Landfill. William and Mary, the tribe, the pride of Williamsburg. Plus 10.5 at home against UNC Wilmington Seahawks. Just so you know, William and Mary's 8 and 19. The Seahawks are 19 and 7. That's right. Give me the points at home. It's a system pick. Thank you to everybody that listened to the program today. Thank you to John Kime. Thank you to Tony Jetter. Thank you to everybody that called into the program today. Tomorrow is a Scotty's Vodka Red Bull Friday. There's a lot to look forward to. There's always tomorrow. The sun will come up. Grant and Danny coming your way next. You made it as far as you beer. Have an it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.